Did you know that we do video stuff? That's right. If you go to youtube.com slash duckfeedtv or twitch.tv slash duckfeedtv, you can see our broadcasts or our archived broadcasts, things like that. I stream survival horror games and JRPGs. Gary streams choose your own adventure books. Uh, it's all a bunch of good stuff that we really like and we want more people to watch it. So again, youtube.com slash duckfeedtv or twitch.tv slash duckfeedtv. I almost forgot that other URL, even though I just said it like a minute ago. All right, cool. Let's pound some robots. I mean, destroy some robots. Yeah. This is Cole Ross. And this is Watch Out for Fireballs, a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Titanfall 2, um, a first-person shooter developed by Respawn Entertainment and published by EA for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC in 2016. Indeed. A uh, relatively new game for us, but that's how we roll now. Baby. (laughs) You you hit that initial B, and I was like, all right, where's he going to go with this? Babies. (laughs) Babies. Babies. (laughs) Um, And this uh, is fitting as the final entry of Mech Month. Um, One of the nice things about Mech Month, I think, is that we covered a real wide variety of of mech genres. Um, You know, this is this is really nice. This is a totally different genre than the other ones, really. Mm -hmm. And it also covers uh, being around mechs and being a mech. Yeah. So you pilot and you are the pilot. Yeah. it It plays with that sense of scale. It talks about kind of the relationship um mechanically between your pilot and the uh uh the, the the mech itself the story really wants you to care about the emotional bond nope. between <laughs> nope, nope sorry nope that that, that doesn't work it, it's, yeah <laughs> but it's, we, it does we've all watched it alongside it yeah we, we've all watched the iron giant yeah. <laughs> everyone's watched iron giant no one's watched exo squad but this is very exo squad um, and it always bones me out whenever i reference exo squad nobody knows it yeah crickets yeah that's great, great, great cartoon. The um, lots of bad haircuts in that cartoon. It, in the future, everybody has uh, like shaves, kind of shapes and patterns into their head. Oh, they put their basketball number in. Yeah, a little bit, but like more like just that their basketball number was like a bunch of diagonal lightning bolts. So everybody looks like um, what you think of as psionics a okay. little bit, like a lot of like partially shaved heads and asymmetrical, Ooh. you know, buzz cuts and stuff. Yeah, now um, I'm looking up some some pictures of this. Or there's a lot of there's a lot of sweeps. There's a yeah. lot of rows. The, it, the future is dominated by both kids and plays. <laughs> it's a <laughs> kid, kid met play and repopulated the future. Um, but the reason why I always think of this and think of this in terms of Exo Squad instead of Iron Giant is because of the, the literal scale. Right. Um, and I think this is my favorite scale for a mech. Mm-hmm. Like building size, you know, planet size, your, your Gundams and stuff miss me with that you know I, I i liked for answer but like that's not my i like this suit that you can get into mm-hmm. pretty much like power armor plus yeah is my favorite scale of mac 
Yeah, and the mechs get bigger in um, in multiplayer. Like, you have different, like, size classes or whatever. The one that we're primarily going to be talking about is, like, a power armor kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's probably about, like, what? Like, two and a half times the height of a person? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, it's, it's big, you yeah. know, but it's also, it's a suit. It's not a Pacific Rim. Right. You know, and that's not interesting to me. I don't yeah. think that's cool. I think that this is way cooler. Because it just, smaller scale is almost, I'm always, always going to favor that. Yeah. And uh it's just there's just a one to one control. It's it's the, like a, it's the exact like right the it's the exact right size for um the spaces that you're in to feel meaningful in both modes. Yes, exactly. Like that, that and it ha- yeah, it has to be this. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't do this campaign with a a gigantic mech. It'd be ludicrous. <laughs> like it'd be all these buildings that were shaped like hallways. You know, that you'd be running and jumping off of and stuff. And actually, now that I've said I've talked myself into it, I think that would be pretty funny and cool. Just like, <laughs> like jumping off. You know, that would be it'd be ridiculous, though. And this this game definitely uh, wants you to take it pretty seriously. Yes. Um. So this was, you know, we mentioned this was for the, the PS4, Xbox One and PC. Um. The original Titanfall was this, supposed to be this killer op- app for the Xbox One. It was a big um, deal when Microsoft locked down Respawn. Yeah. They, these are the people who made Call of Duty. Um you know, the name and shooters, right? Like the yeah. same way there are just um, Madden players. There are just Call of Duty players. Yeah. They, so Weston's Zampella, they left Activision kind of under a cloud, formed their formed their own studio, poaching employees, saying like, oh, we're over here doing this now. Yes. Uh, so the the guy who made this, you know, the, the main people behind this, it was a big deal. Um, but Titanfall 1 was kind of a disappointment. Um, it was multiplayer only, had a very limited single player, you know, experience. Um, it was an exclusive, which tends to, you know, unless your name is Bloodborne, like that doesn't bode well for you. It's a damper. Sorry. Things. Yeah. Sorry, Sunset Overdrive. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, Titanfall like didn't do very well. Titanfall 2, when it came out, a lot of people thought it was also Xbox One exclusive. Yes. Like I've, I've read a bunch of kind of postmortems on this and like why this game didn't do as well as it should have or why right. this game didn't sell very well. And that's a big part of it. Right. It's, um, <laughs> the, the 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 missteps in marketing this game are pretty hilarious i have that oh, down kind of the reception <laughs> yeah amazing like we'll get to it but it's just yeah. you know it, it's a bummer because we both really love this game i think mm-hmm. um you know even though i was just dumping on the story which i'll continue to oh, do for the entire i, I episode, mean but... in the run-up to this in our kind of private conversations in the green room and also kind of alluding to it this game is very much candy right yes like it it, it is immensely satisfying for the time that it is on your tongue uh, there is not very much that is like a lasting. I'm going to think about this kind of appeal outside of like, oh, if I play another first person game, I will miss how crisp this is. Like it yes. is purely a mechanical triumph for me. The um, this was the game that as we sat down to record and I was watching videos to remind myself because I played it a while ago that has encouraged me to rethink how much lead time I get on watch out for fireball games <laughs> because I was going back through missions on YouTube looking at them and it's like I don't. I remember this in this mission in vague terms. I uh-huh. don't remember the narrative context of why I was here. Right. Um, and part of that's the game's fault because the game doesn't do a great job with that. Part of it is, you know, I mean, most of that's the game's fault, but it also means I need to have this stuff fresher in my memory in case it is the slight. Yes. And uh, slight is the the way I would describe the storyline while the gameplay itself is actually, I wish this set the standard for all single player first person shooters for for the foreseeable, right? Like this right. should have been influential in the same way that Half-Life was. Yes. Uh, in how a single player campaign on one of these shooters should go. Um, and it just kind of wasn't. 
uh, as far as I can tell. And that's a real bummer. Yeah, it uh, it, it landed um, not with a resounding thud, just with a yeah, tight, <laughs> you know, tight, tight and fall flat. Yeah, the, uh, I'm I'm a I'm a pundit. I'm Gene Wolfe, but I'm started reviewing video games. Yeah. Um, so you know, the reason we can talk about this is Titanfall Two does have a single player campaign, and the story you know kind of expects you to get invested in. Um, you know, a lot of characters with single noun names, like it's, it's kind of surprising because there are, so the experience and this, this, you know, kind of jumps ahead a little bit, but we'll talk about it now, right? Like, so that's the main thing we're talking about this episode is the single player campaign. Yes. Um, you know, I, I touched the multiplayer for a second, but I'm just, that's not how I'm wired. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so many people, there's so much buzz about this game when it came out, like, uh, you know, it came out in 2016 and there was a huge year for games. Uh, for me personally, like I liked a lot of games that came out that year a lot, mm-hmm. you know, um, and a lot of my friends, a lot of people I really respect were talking about this game and and they were just saying that it was really good. They weren't saying specifics about it. Yeah. Um, and because of how I'm wired, this isn't their fault. It's my fault. I was thinking, oh, this is like the complete package, you know, and I kept expecting the storyline and characters to faint towards something a lot more interesting than they do. Right. So there, there are hints at that that never pay off. Yeah. You know, there, there are a lot of little bits that seem like they're kind of tantalizing, you know, interesting. Like anytime you have like a, a sinister voice that keeps saying the mission. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like that this focus on the mission above all else, like that's got to be, you know, I'm actually secretly doing something wrong or there's some kind of twist to this. Yeah. Now, every, every single thing that is presented in this game is exactly as it is on the surface. Yeah. You're achieving the mission because the mission is extremely good <laughs> and you want to do it because it will do good. Yeah. I mean, and that harkens back to like, remember when we talked about Call of Duty 4 and we're like, hey, this this has some, you know, real anti-war themes going on to it. Like there's a there's kind of just a something about this that works on a statement kind of level. And then, you know, we, we talked about that. And then afterwards, there were all these interviews that people pointed out with West End Zampella. Like, no, like they, they are straight up just like saying, yeah, war is cool. It, the, <laughs> and that totally makes sense for being the same guys, because there yeah. there aren't themes in this game. No. You know, it's like it's like what if a military guy went on a mission? Yeah. And, and he kind of has a dog box. And, and, like, and what if you could fall in love with your weapon? <laughs> yeah. You know, who and all of the attempts to give the weapon, like none of the stuff landed for me. None of the humor lands for me. Like, yeah. Pretty, pretty much in general, like this, this throwing gag, like I want to die when <laughs> they did the last callback for it. Trust like, me. It, yeah. It, it has two, it has two climaxes. Uh-huh. There's two sacrifices of the dog. Like it's amazing. <laughs> like, and that literally happens twice, like yeah. in, in the space of about 45 minutes. And I'm like, okay. You know, at the same time though, like everyone who was recommending this to me weren't mm-hmm. wrong because it is so fun to play. Yeah. Like so extremely fun in your hands like you know i'm just not used to having that kind of quite that much separation in terms of like quality in one sphere or another right right and this is something that i think is an inelegance in the conversation around a lot of games um you know especially the ones that have just a lot of ink spilled about them which is um a comparison between one thing and another is not saying it's as good as that right like oh this has i think like a dark souls kind of combat um but no it's not going to be as good as that it's just like that like that's vaguely in the direction people were talking about this and putting it up there in the same portal two and half like portal yeah, and half yeah like portal half-life two like these um you know games that do have that amazing marriage between the two of them uh you know between me- mechanic and theme um and this does not it just has really really good mechanics and your mileage may vary on whether or not the theme works for you maybe not i just found this incredibly shallow 
yeah, it, it's possible people went along with this more than I did, yeah. like a little bit more by it. And I and and just you know rewind. 45 seconds. I went into this expecting it to be good. I didn't come, I didn't know very much about this. I don't, mm -hmm. you know, don't read a lot of reviews. I didn't, there were, wasn't a lot of breakdown with this game because it did kind of disappear off the map. So I didn't go into it thinking like, Oh, I've heard the story really sucks. Like I mm -hmm. didn't, I didn't have a bias. No. I actually came into it with a positive bias. Like, Oh yeah, I'm really looking forward to like experiencing this story. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just never, never happened for me. Yeah. Um, and that's something I associate with half-life, like half-life storytelling is very slight, but it is very cool. Yeah. You know, scientist on his first day to work opens up this, you know, it's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. There's something there. Um, and it actually sends on the micro level too. We'll get to it when we talk about individual levels. But I think that lack of story, like as much as we're not going to talk about this for this whole episode, which would, would kill certain people. Right. Like people, people would die if we spent the entire time ragging about this because to, to a lot of people, that doesn't matter at all. Right. You know, see, see feedback for the Team Fortress 2 episode that has the same abbreviation as us. Um, the, uh, in certain levels, though, I do think that lack of context and narrative does hurt the level. Yeah. You know, like the the really the the showy time travel level in this game, which is great, mm -hmm. suffers by the fact that I don't like they never do any cool payoff with it. And I don't care why I'm there. Same thing with like, uh, with the factory level. Right. Yeah. Which is incredible. Like it is such a cool thing as far as uh, wireframe. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it is such a masterful piece of level design as far as wireframe. I don't care about any of these characters yeah. like th that's so, so close to a theme that factory level, like we're <laughs> prefabricating uh, consumer goods and, and homes and stuff like that. Like this capitalism as evil thing mm -hmm. was almost an idea. And I yeah. kept thinking, Oh, <laughs> you know, are they going to own like, you know, the, you know, the, yeah. the, the resistance somehow, is it going to be like some kind of thing about commodification of war or like, you know, give me the fucking Kojima person, you know? And, yeah. and it's me saying that, like, I'm like, Give me the commentary on war. And and the commentary is like, war is hard, but sometimes good. You know, it, it doesn't like it can be difficult, yeah. but it's worth it's, the kill. It's you know? it's very unsatisfying when it feels like it is it, it is kind of uh juking toward a more interesting thing and then it fakes you out with the less interesting uh kind of yes. alternative. Like I don't I don't like it when I feel when when I feel smarter than the developer. I know that sounds incredibly arrogant or conceited or whatever, but it's like, oh, this is so much wasted potential. Even if not smarter, just like I wanted it, something that is more sophisticated. Yeah, and it's possible, that's... you know, this is, we appreciate, like, we understand what we're talking about, which is a game that is primarily going to be, the primary experience for this is going to be multiplayer. Right. The fact that the first, the the single player campaign in this was such a hit and so lauded was a surprise to everyone. Right. Like, all of the interviews about this are all people just being like, hey, no, seriously, like, the single player <laughs> campaign is worth playing because up until that point, what everyone was used to was uh, like the umpteenth Call of Duty, which has like a four hour, not very good campaign. Right. You know, those those have been being blasted for a while. Um, people were very surprised by this. Uh, and I just, you know, wanted something even a little bit further. Yeah. You know, so uh, we're not going to harp on it entirely, but I do think it matters. Yeah. Uh, and I do I don't want that to discourage anyone from playing it or make anyone think I didn't like it because. Like you said, a piece of candy. You know, cheesecake is great while it's in my mouth, <laughs> you know, during that period where it's in my mouth, it is so good, mm -hmm. you know, and then it just, then it goes straight to the thighs, <laughs> you know, just, I, don't, I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you, you know, anything about the last piece of cheesecake I ate right. other than that. It was probably pretty good as cheesecake. Yeah. I don't know any details. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, it just, we're not going to keep on talking about this. We'll talk about embarrassing lines or beats when they happen. Um, mm -hmm. But that kind of sense of dissatisfaction kind of underlines a lot of this stuff. And I think kind of takes a little bit of luster off of some of the praise that I want to just heap on this thing that I think yeah. is absolutely worth paying attention to while being 
while coming up short in, a, in an area that I really care about a lot in games. That's a, yeah, it's, it's your values, like whether that's something you care about. Right will determine whether it bothers you at all. So getting getting into the story, you play as Jack Cooper. A <laughs> you, 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 you play as Jim Whiteman. <laughs> you, play, you play Jim Whiteman. <laughs> you play as Guy Whitey Shootgood, uh, <laughs> a rifleman uh, in a space militia who longs to become a quote-unquote pilot. Capital P pilot. Uh, P pilot. God, guys, don't use the placeholder names. Uh, <laughs> And the pilot is somebody who is bonded with a special kind of uh, like this, these fighting mechs, these Titans. Yeah. Uh, and they also bond with the Titans AI. Right. Yeah. And they 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 control them like with a neural uplink and stuff yes. like that. Um, so the entire game takes place from a first person perspective. It's a first person shooter and you split time, you know, playing as um, this super nimble parkour capable human, the pilot himself, um, and also piloting the Titan, this large, powerful relatively slow relatively um kind of clunky mech that can just kind of like blow through stuff mm -hmm. and and there's a lot of uh, kind of variance in the mech like there are different kinds of mechs different builds yep. you can get uh, which we'll talk about but they can play a little bit differently it's always slower yep. of course but um that can play differently as well and they also intersect in ways uh you can get uh you can back up your mech and your mech can back you up yeah in a lot of places which is part of it you know doing that boy and his dog iron giant uh, thing that uh, is really really cool mechanically even if it didn't quite land right emotionally um, both of these things are really fun both of these feel really good yeah there's you know who who knows what kind of magic went into kind of the kinetics of this but the shooting feels you know light but impactful um, the movement um, the, <laughs> the, yeah, the movement's legendary yeah the like the like the movement is you know I don't know if it like takes it, it does for the genre what, what Portal did, but like this is the best I've felt moving around the first person game in in the human yes. mode specifically, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because these are people who made games where this wasn't like I didn't feel great moving around in Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. The, shoot, know, the shooting was satisfying. Yeah, <laughs> shooting is good in those games, but like just the the moving. This is like a new thing. It feels like. Right. Um, so the human, you know, you're you're small. Uh, you know, I was going to say small, but fragile. You're not really fragile. No, no. You, you have the normal, like, you know, re regenerating health, you know, yeah. if you just you know, avoid damage for a while. Right. So, so you're, you're, you are a superhero, mm -hmm. you know, in every sense of the word. Um, you start out, you get a, a double jump. You can uh, do these kind of chain double jumps through doing wall jumps and wall runs. Right. Um, and then slides feel really good. Um, <laughs> you know, and you go really far. Like ludicrously far. If you saw it in real life, you would think it was the silliest thing in the world. It, it is but, like a tenacious D level power slide yeah, is what you're doing. Yeah, sl sliding like one quarter of the way down a football field. <laughs> um, it's, it's really, really silly. But you the the joy in this is figuring those things out, um, how to chain them together. Mm -hmm. And all of them, one of the little secrets, like I've watched a speed run of this and it's a fun speed run. Like I recommend watching it. I'll put it in the show notes is that when the game subtly encourages you to chain these things together, because when you start them, you gain speed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you're wall running, when you jump off a wall run, when you slide, all those things give you a speed boost. And if you can do all these things together, you can move incredibly quickly. Uh, and that just feels great. Like you can use this like tactically uh, to, you know, kind of uh, uh, pincer people and kind of uh, uh, come, you know, come from the sides, take them out that way. You can do it to get, get out of danger. Um, it does a lot to discourage you from kind of playing stop and pop right 
Um, you know, they want you to be moving all around and they make that moving feel so good. Yeah. There's there, there has to be some kind of assistance going on with your attacks, especially while you're doing a wall run or a jump, because Mm -hmm. you feel like a minor God when you are just taking people out while never touching the ground. Yeah. As you you are a superhero. Yes. Like this is secretly one of the best superhero games. (laughs) Like no joke. Like this, this feels like you are a low level Marvel hero. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and a huge part of the game is understanding those capabilities and understanding the way your speed and momentum works um, and learning to read the 3D space, learning to read the way these levels are put together so you can find a line and then work this movement <laughs> palette together alongside these kills. Yeah. 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 Or just platforming because yeah. we didn't talk about we call this a shooter, but large portions of this are a platformer, mm-hmm. um, a 3D platformer that works really well. Um, that, you know, the, that's a, that's a fraught genre. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to do a uh, first person 3d platformer. Um, they did it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is through things that feel like cheats, but still work. Like the, the way you magnet onto walls, uh, is hilarious. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, cause most of the time it'll feel pretty natural. And then every once in a while you'll just go yeah. and get sucked to a wall. Um, <laughs> just like, okay, you know, uh, but it's all through technology. Maybe those are magnets in your boots. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like 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 a, like spacewalk boots or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, the game pulls this punch a little bit. Um, however, it's probably good as a as a failsafe. It'll show you a ghost of movement. Like it will calculate what the run is and then show you like, okay, you want to you know make this jump here, run on this wall, and then get you know get there. I really wish those went away. I yes. wish those were only there when you were because uh, there would be a narrative excuse for it. Like, hey, you're a new pilot. You're getting your, your training modules uploaded or whatever. Yeah. Um, I really wish those stopped. Yeah. You don't because have to I, you don't have to use them, but it's another piece of visual clutter. Right. Yeah. It just I just thought they were ugly and it didn't make sense for them. Yeah. You know, I mean, it makes sense that your computer, you know, calculating and such. But yeah. it would have been a fun puzzle. You know, I understand that's up to me to opt into having the solution right there. And it's not that different than like alt tabbing and, and looking up on GameFAQs what to do. Mm hmm. Um, but just making it that convenient in this case, I felt kind of hurt the experience because it's never hard. Yeah. Like, you know, figuring out these lines, it tends to be pretty easy. Yeah. Um, um, the penalty for death cool. is really minor. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah, there's, these should, I feel like they shouldn't have been there. They're not a huge deal. No. And I wonder if that was a playtesting thing. Like some people did have a hard time with it because yeah. they were maybe expecting something like a call of duty, which focused less on platforming. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you have the kind of the standard post halo ability to carry two weapons at a time. Um, the single player game is really, really generous about kind of throwing these caches of weapons, like literal big boxes of guns <laughs> at you, mm-hmm. um, new guns that are really, um, kind of, uh, suited to the equation. Something that I love about this is that every time you go up uh, and approach a new gun, instead of just showing you the name, like, Oh, this is the Harrier sure. or whatever. The obl- obliterator. It doesn't yeah. have the mass effect problem. <laughs> yeah. Is the obliterator better than the devastator? Yeah. I don't know. Well, what it does is it just has a short one sentence description like, oh, this is powerful, but has short range. Cool. That's like that. Looking ahead, this kind of seems like it'll be appropriate. Sign me up, buddy. (laughs) I I even love how those seem like they're uh, one of the things that I felt very smart thinking this game was going to zig towards something more clever than it does (laughs) was I realized that those one sentence descriptions sounded like product like descriptions because they're they're never just like short range, but powerful. It's like delivers a devastating punch, but keep your distance you know they always yeah. have they, they kind of sound like ad copy and i was like oh my god like the the mercenaries i'm fighting made, made all the weapons and like at the end they're going to do something with that uh, no 
no. they're just really cool toys. And then right. the, uh, the, you know, the game wants you to play with cool toys, which is, <laughs> which is fine again, but just, yeah. I was expecting it to do something with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that too. I think that there's probably like three more weapons than there need to be, you just know, about, three or four. Yeah. Like there, there's, like, I would stop getting excited about running into new weapons about three fourths of the way through the game. Yeah. Um, um, and you start writing into things that are like, oh, this is an energy variant, but it is still essentially um, a, a submachine gun. Right? Yes. Yeah. And and they do the thing, too, that all video games do where they give you the weapon that they want you to use. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, there's some sniper rifles here. I bet you around the corner there's some mm-hmm. real long distance fighting. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I like I, I appreciate that it would do that mm-hmm. uh, for this. Um, the two weapon limit has always been something that's like not my favorite. Right. You know, since, since Bioshock Infinite Times, um, I would have preferred to have I like the the old Doom method of carrying everything with me, yeah. um, which you, you couldn't do with quite this many weapons. I think they're probably I think they're like 14 guns in the game. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I just I like having more options and be able to kind of have a bunch of like a key ring. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Different, um, different styles of games. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I uh, love the melee attack in this. I just th- that is one of my tests for how good a first person game is, is how good does it feel to. uh like walk up behind somebody um, and sock them in the back of the head or just kind of like in a fit of desperation, take a swing and then like have that be the thing that uh, decides the fight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's always, that's been a real interesting like shift in shooters. Yep. Like I feel like you could take a chart of deadliness of melee weapons where you take, <laughs> you know, if you're using your fist in doom without a pickup, like you're in, you're in trouble. Yeah. To now when it is by far the most overpowered attack you have, <laughs> like it, it will always yeah. in modern shooters and, and even third person action games, yeah. like a lot of the time that focus on guns, like they will kill in one hit. Yeah. Guaranteed. That's been, I mean, that's been the case too. Like I, in, in Halo days, again, <laughs> referring <laughs> to that back playing that in high school or whatever, I was always, I would always get like the brawler badge or whatever it is because I would just melee kill everybody because <laughs> I would be up close and, yeah. you know, hitting from behind has been a stealth kill, like an instant kill for pretty much ever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll talk about stealth in a second because yeah. that ties to a pretty fun uh, ability that I think is really clever. <laughs> um, you also have some different grenades, as well, uh, that are all pretty interesting. Yep. You know, uh, and the game is very generous for letting you trade those out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that they work a little bit like Estes. Like when you just find one grenade, it switches all your grenades to that. Yeah. Grenade. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just which one do you want to have a pool of? Yeah. Um, you have a mech, uh, aka Titan. Uh, during the single player campaign, which is a Vanguard Vanguard class model called BT seven two seven four BT, aka BT. Yeah, yep. And it has the voice of Optimus Prime. <laughs> Does it? Is it really the same voice actor? I don't know if it's the same voice actor, but it's very clearly someone doing an Optimus Prime impersonation. Yeah, yeah. Um, Vanguard class is important. Like this is something for multiplayer, but like these are the mechs that are gigantic. Again, about twenty feet tall or whatever. Um, and it can't go everywhere Cooper can. You know, even though it is, it is moderately sized. So you do have to, you know, end up separating from it. I'm curious, mm-hmm. w- w- which stealth mechanic are you referring to? Because I think I forgot the, to uh, take the, a note of it. The invisibility power. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah that's uh, which is huge. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, which we talk about now is this a, a good time? Yeah, we talk about double- yeah. Yeah. We should do that because I, I totally forgot about that when I was doing the uh, doing the notes. Um, So you have a on a timer, you have the ability to turn invisible mm-hmm. uh, from time to time. And uh, this is actually really huge. Like, I wish that this was included more frequently in these kind of FPSs because you think that, you know, we talked about a little bit as far as getting stealth kills, uh, but I very rarely use this aggressively. I used it kind of as a, uh, so like, so, so something happens, you know, this game does a lot of things to discourage you from holding up. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wants you to keep moving. It's a fast and frenetic uh, kind of FPS. Yeah. The um, a lot of times in video games they put that on the enemy. Um, if you are hiding behind cover and taking pot shots at a field of enemies, the classic solution for that is grenades. Right. To encourage you not to do this. This game does have grenades. Um, but this invisibility is a huge part of that because it allows you to switch positions, mm-hmm. um, or make a charge with a huge advantage initially, right. uh, through this. So it puts a little of that power in the player to extricate yourself from kind of stagnant positions. Right. You know, I would use this tactically like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, and also it works really, really well with regenerating health. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get down to black and white mode, you know, you're <laughs> going to die. Um, you can go invisible and then go find a literal place to hide for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just very, it's a utilitarian power that like takes a lot of things that you would ordinarily do, um, either through a cover mechanic or through enemy grenades and puts in the player's hands. Yeah. It's a big, um, kind of like lever for adaptability, right? It is equally yes. useful for, oh shit. And also for taking, fuck yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. Getting a proactive oh shit advantage. Fuck yeah. Oh shit. And fuck yeah. It's got, it got, it does, it's got both speeds. We got both kinds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we play both kinds of music. Oh shit, oh shit fuck, fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, actually that that describes uh, either of those would describe most country music i've ever heard that, that's a really good name for a band too oh shit oh shit fuck yeah oh shit, oh shit and the fuck, fuck like yes. you guys yeah or just like me I'm, I'm in a band with one other guy i should see if he wants to call us oh shit and fuck yeah <laughs> i think that's a pretty good name for a band <laughs> but it wouldn't be you, you wouldn't be able to like uh, to go up on a marquee you know oh yeah totally could i just went and saw a band called holy shit Okay. So, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I forgot you're the, in Portland. You're on the you're on the left coast. Yeah, the the, yeah, the future is more sweary yeah. and dangerous. Yeah, you're you know? in. Yeah, you know, you're in Hollywood. The, yeah. the opening opener for that was a live gay sex show. <laughs> in crazy Portland. <laughs> really pretty, you know. Cool. Good. It, it actually wasn't, but I could go see that if I want to. Right. Uh, so that 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 wasn't the case of you know the the second opener for John Mouse, but like it was it is possible. <laughs> That's the thing. Um, hey, it's it's you know the, there are a lot of things to make fun of Portland for, but this is a good that's a good part of it. Yeah, West Coast. Yeah. It's good that people can put shit on a marquee. What's going to happen? Some kids going to see shit. <laughs> no, mom, what's that word? Oh, I mean it's a it's a swear word for for poop. Yeah. Okay, okay, I'm fine. fine. I'm going to grow up just well, fine and well adjusted. Oh, yeah. that, I I worried a lot for no reason. Sorry, yeah. daughter. Yeah, you know when I, when I was eight years old, I heard the word shit and all my bones dissolved. I had to get them <laughs> surgically. I had to get, get donors. <laughs> They had to pour you into a wheelbarrow and take you down to the hospital creek. Yep. Or whatever you guys have down in Chili Town. <laughs> I didn't grow up in Chili Town. I came yeah, well, here to take it over. Entire Chili State. <laughs> the, the, Ohio, United known for State. its chili. In the United States of Philadelphia. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just. Uh, uh, <laughs> that is a good name for a band and the invisibility mechanic in Team uh, uh, Titanfall 2. Yeah, I do. I, I'm going to make that same mistake as well. Team, so don't team worry. Fall 2. Yeah, team Fall. Ooh, Trustfall. Trustfall 2. I like I like Trustfall 2. <laughs> hey, that fits in with the themes. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> we're going to do this joke three times um, <laughs> um the stealth works when you have uh when you have bt fighting alongside you you know when you're outside of him um <laughs> he can start wrecking shit up and draw a lot of attention and then you can use the stealth to you know get behind caches of enemies that are trying to harm him right yeah and he can't it, when when you're separate he can't die mm-hmm. um like when you're fighting along with him i don't i feel like those are kind of like interactive cutscenes more than anything yeah you know, because he's he's gonna he's gonna stop shop, mm-hmm. um, but it's really fun to do so. Like it feels really good. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, I mean, I played this on the out of the box normal difficulty. I'm sure it can be difficult on normal. This is an exceedingly easy game. 
it's very easy with the only exception I have is like the Titan rush near the end. Yeah. I, I had a little bit of a hard time with that. Um, but other up until that and not like a hard, hard time, like I died. Yeah. yeah that's what, that's what a hard time means. Mm-hmm. Um, but up until that, it goes again, part of this just going down like melted butter. Yeah. You know, it, it just, uh, it's very easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, while you're in BT, uh, you don't have like the wall run or the double jump, uh, but you do have like a dash and you are far more resilient um, because in the middle of battle, you can find batteries uh, that act as kind of your health pickup. So it's interesting the way that they mix up those two systems because usually you don't see the two of them at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, BT will not uh, regenerate health on its own. Right. Um, you can also, I mean, I imagine this might, I imagine this happens more in multiplayer and could happen in more difficult modes. Mm-hmm. There is potential for a very fun tense situation in which BT is about to die. You jump out and go find him a battery mm-hmm. because sometimes they'll put batteries in places he can't get to. Yeah. Um, and there is like animations for it. Like you, you can carry a battery back and stick it in your buddy. Yeah. Well, in then... the, um, in the, in the multiplayer, you have the ability to rodeo on a Titan. That's what they call like yeah. foot climbing up on the back of it. And uh, you can steal its battery. Yeah. Um, and take it... it out. And it's the uh, Will, Will Hughes, um, my friend and yours, uh, played a lot more of this multiplayer than I did. And he descri- has a thing where he talks about multiplayer games where he describes hero moments. Like uh-huh. that is why he plays competitive multiplayer games is because they generate hero moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's something I'm relatively immune to, but like, that's something that I think that, uh, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can take out the Titan that's bothering your team as a human, I imagine that is a, a good feeling, Yeah, you know, cause it's, you're, you're overcoming something that's quite, quite literally the size of a house. <laughs> yeah, daunting, yeah. daunting to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as you go, you get different builds. As we mentioned, uh, these are, these are loadouts, um, these are paced in kind of a weird way. You get these a lot, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's eight of them, I think. And you just get them all the time. Yeah. You know, uh, and these are different sets of kind of weapons, uh, special capabilities, defenses, and kind of ultimate attacks you can have. Um, we'll talk about them as you find them, but I want to briefly note like one thing. So we talked about getting those movement mechanics. I think this game does an expert job at teaching you how to control a uh, guy. Why do you shoot good? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it does a great job of teaching you loadouts. Right. It never felt like the level design was suited to the new loadout. Like it would make a lot of sense to like, oh, I got the flamethrower loadout here. Here's a situation in which that would be good. Yeah. Um, so that, that ended up resulting in like it being fun to try new things, but some of them felt very tactical and situational mm-hmm. and without having like a training ground really to, to try them. I just got sick of doing new ones. Yeah. Like the mobility and melee focused ones you can get later in the game, I didn't use at all. No. I pretty much stuck to the first three. I didn't even feel like they applied to the situations that they were dumped in front of. They're not. Yeah, that's my point. Like they're not uh, placed with care and the levels are not designed around them. Right. And I think just in general, even though it does feel good to, you know, shoot shoot things when you're inside a big robot, um, when you're inside BT, you're pretty much just fighting other Titans in these areas that do feel uh, an awful lot like just combat arenas. Right. Yeah. And so like the texture of that kind of gameplay, the, you know, the, like the push and pull becomes almost entirely about uh, the kind of fire you're, you're, you're dodging and the kind of fire you're dishing out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really like two characters, you know, almost two characters standing and kind of just shooting each other. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit, there's a little bit of mobility. There's, there's a little bit more to it than that, but not that much more. You can swap Um, these out at any time as well, which makes them feel less weighty. Like you're less committed to it. Um, yeah. And watching uh, kind of like long plays of this to refresh my memory of certain beats and things and flesh out the notes. Um, 
a lot of the people that I was looking at, and by a lot, I mean like two of the three, were like they would fire a weapon and then they would go into the menu, switch to a different loadout, fire the other one, and then swap back to the other one. Like the menu play was almost as much a part of their success as actually like manipulating the world. That sounds exhausting. Yes. Like I don't like uh, generally in video games, I want to, I don't want to spend that much time in menus. Right. You know, usually, especially action games. Um, I definitely didn't do that. Right. Uh, I, and I just, I felt like to me, this felt like a training for multiplayer. Yeah. You know, thing like these are going to be multiplayer classes, but it wasn't actually training. Right. Like it's more like just exposure to some ideas for multiplayer, but they forgot the training part of it. Right. Uh, and then it being a bummer, like you, you spend less time in BT mm-hmm. than you do, uh, as guy whitey shoot good. Um, the, I would say it's probably like a 30, 70 split mm-hmm. and that's the correct ratio. Yeah. It is that much less fun to be in BT while still being very fun. Mm-hmm. It's not as special and it's not as fun. Yes. Um, so they're both very good. It's just like one's a B plus and one's an A plus right. um, as far as, as far as feel. And it just meant that like some of that reward structure of a video game, some of that, like, Oh, I got a cool new toy mm-hmm. um, was undercut by the fact that I didn't really want the new toy. Right. Cause I, you know, I the, really like the toy that I already had. Like the load, the loadout they give you at the start is very effective. It's really good. Yeah. And that, and the flame, the fire loadout were the two I ended up using the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I liked them just fine. I would have probably preferred something that had that same kind of pace. You know, that's, that also contributes to me feeling like, um, they're too, a little too aggressive with the pacing of giving you these loadouts. Uh, cause it, it feels like you get them constantly. Um, that is, that's the time when I want to treat, mm-hmm. you know, that's snack time. And I look down at the, my watch, it's snack o'clock. <laughs> But I would have maybe preferred like an upgrade, mm-hmm. you know, or something like like or like a character, like, you know, a skill tree or something like yeah. that. Almost like let me increase my ammo, like, you know, start choose a mech at the, the beginning of the game and then increase your accuracy, ammo capacity, et cetera. Yeah. You know, gain new abilities, some, some other kind of system that still gets me treats mm-hmm. at the time. It's to eat treats. Yeah. Uh, um, but I, I also treats. I would have liked the ability to design my own. Right. Oh, that like, would have been incredible. You know, harvest. That, that's harvest your four answer talking. Stuff. What's that? Yeah. That's four answer talking. Oh yeah. Well, I liked four answer a lot. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, but that would, I mean, that would have been really cool. And again, I want to put out there, like I, we recognize some of the absurdity of this because this, even the fact that the single player campaign is as good as it is, is like a bonus. Right. <laughs> right. Like this, this was an unexpected thing. It just, it could have been a, a really, really incredible, you know, game of the year contender kind of game, mm-hmm. you know, that probably didn't make its money back and probably <laughs> still sank the studio. Um, but yeah, <laughs> It could have been that, uh, yeah. and I would have, you know, really loved it. it. Would have been one of my like favorite. This could have been like one of my favorite games with a lot of like fairly moderate changes. Yeah, yeah. You know, but not huge changes. Like so much of what's there is already ticking the boxes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The so, uh, yeah. The, the the they do the trendy thing with uh with your special meter. You know, as you fight in BT uh and do cool stuff you fill up uh uh, uh, uh it's like your titan meter so i forget what they call it when that when that gets full depending on the lo- loadout that you have you can do uh like your ultimate attack this is like something from mobas or overwatch has this as well and this is always like you know a momentous i'm going to finish off an enemy kind of move yeah and everything else is on cooldowns like it right. feels pretty mobile yes um generally in titans you're fighting other titans um when you're just fighting soldiers it's super fun but it's again it's almost like a cutscene. yeah you know um even so much so that bt says like hey don't waste ammo on these guys just run them over <laughs> right just, i'm able to run them over <laughs> just turn you know? just turn them into paste <laughs> yeah and 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 that's you know that's fun to do yeah it's fun to be like rampage <laughs> go through this. yeah so uh there is dialogue 
the, the story gives you a little a little <laughs> bit of control so over the way uh, kind of the conversations pan out. You know, BT will give you a, a, a sit rep, a situation report. I'm using the military lingo so I can get in the headspace of this. Um, you it's an know, RP podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and BT is generally, you know, just kind of like friendly, helpful. He, you know, he's got these laws of robotics. Your dialogue choices, though, don't really affect anything. It's just like a, the choice between like, oh, fuck, or man, that was tough. They, they they don't they don't affect anything and that's not the only i mean they they more than that like a lot of times so like you'll get in a new area uh and they'll be like what is this like you'll have two options of like what is this place and mm-hmm. how do we get through here and your only choice is what order to ask those two questions you have to ask <laughs> right. and none of the answers are good or interesting yeah like like it's it's you know it these these uh dialogue making you have choices in dialogue like this all of the those things are, i think are tied to trying to make you like bt uh-huh because they they roughly correspond when they're not that type that I just mentioned. They are. Uh, do you joke around? Do you treat them like a machine? Mm-hmm. You know, do you treat them more like a human or do you treat them more like a tool? Right. Um. That those are the two things. But it's not like you say like, of course you'd say that you're just a weapon, and then it doesn't say like BT will remember this. You know, it, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't have an impact. Yeah. It also has no emotional impact on the player. It also has no effect on gameplay or yeah. even the dialogue itself, really. It, I mean, it you would know? be unrealistic to expect this to be, oh, like they just they, they just put Firewatch into this. Well, but I mean, how do you how do you make dialogue not have an impact on characterization? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's, like it's they like divorced two of the basic <laughs> to the basic elements of literature and <laughs> you, like by like splitting the atom, like they, they somehow <laughs> tore these two things asunder. <laughs> like it doesn't I never felt like Guy Whitey Shoot Good was different depending on what he said. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how, do, how is how is dialogue not reflecting on this character? Like, yeah. How do you even do that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> neither of these choices make him more or less boring. Like, <laughs> very strange. I, I feel uh, like we should clarify something. I have no idea what race the uh, the you know like what the skin color of the main character is. It's just that Jack Cooper is such a generic name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that I'm, I'm saying Whitey because of uh, Mr. Show. Okay, the the president guy Whitey Corngood. Ah, okay, there he we shows go. up in there. Yeah. But, uh, just in case somebody says like, "Oh, you guys are virtue signaling or whatever," I, I feel like they, I've I've seen his hands yeah. in the game, but I I could be making an assumption based on his name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jack Cooper is, might as well be John Smith. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, and I'm sure that was, you know, time and effort went into that to make him seem like an everyman, so you could identify with him. But then right. they didn't do anything else with it and stuff. Like yeah. all of the, all the narrative design stuff on this is a real mess. Right. Um, they really want you to care about it. Yes. Like they, that is the, the, the quote unquote, like emotional core of this game. So much mm-hmm. so that again, there are two, there are two distinct climaxes about you sacrificing your dog. Yes. Um, none of that landed for me, not even a wit. No. Uh, so we'll get to them when they get there and we've already kind of run yeah. that into the ground, but like not, not even the story about like this grown man who wants to grow up to be a fire truck. Um, <laughs> you know, like not even that story. Like, oh, because you know, b- b- because duty came to him, and he kind of like got into this ultra special, you know, core through the back door. Like, not even that story feels very good to me because it it, it indulges in that cardinal sin of like people eventually start like applauding you everywhere you go, not like in a messianic way that like Half Life Two does, but just in a oh boy, you sure kicked their ass. You, you, the game does spend a lot of time with people telling you how awesome you are. And it's one of the reasons why I think that didn't, doesn't work. Um, you know, one of the reasons it didn't work for me at the very least I can say is that uh, there is, and and here's the boogeyman word, right? Like ludonarrative dissonance there, because 
they're trying to do a story about this rookie who gets thrust in over his head. Right. But because the entire, so like one, your tool set uh, is entirely, you know, you don't get the double jump for a half hour, mm -hmm. but other than that, it's all based on player skill. Right. So you come out of this as the most capable soldier the world has ever seen. <laughs> like you, or you start, no, you don't come out of it. I'm sorry. You go into it. Yeah. The most, and you end the most capable soldier the world has ever seen. And when everyone is saying like, Oh, you know, I don't know if we can actually give him official pilot class. Like he's a nobody. And then the robot like advocates for you to your boss and says like, no, he is a quality pilot and stuff. I'm like, no, <laughs> I've killed thousands of people. I'm winning <laughs> this war for you single-handedly. Yeah. You know, it doesn't. And that is something you could have done narratively by bringing down the scale. Right. Uh -huh. um, like having a sense of danger and stuff like that. That's not the game they wanted to do. And I'm glad they didn't do it because right. the game they made was fun. They should have just made, like they could have done this as because the villains are all over the top, like Captain Planet villains. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the villains are ridiculous. <laughs> so if they had just made this like, what if you got like this should have been Duke Nukem almost, you know, <laughs> like, without the sexism, of course. But like right. somebody's just like, yeah, like, fuck, yeah, about yeah. time I got my shot in the sun, you know, and, and actually have a little fun with it. Uh huh. This would have totally worked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and at that point, you're basically talking about Master Chief. <laughs> like, is that how master is that how the the master chef is yeah a little bit okay i yeah, yeah i'm not he's, i've not he, been he's, he's a little bit more taciturn than uh than, okay. than, than than jack is but it's uh you know it's there i would love to have this person be you know as confident or at least have a story reason for him to be the wonderkin kin that he is right like you do the training and the guy's like yeah hey, you did all right you know yeah. uh and then you just literally go on to win the war yeah. like instantly with like almost no time between it it's really silly <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah, and over, I, over the course of five hours, you, you start from like, oh, no, I need to find a battery and you work up to I have destroyed a whole planet. Yeah, I've, I've killed this mercenary company <laughs> you know, on my own. And every time that the war was set back, it was off screen. I had nothing to do with it. Right. You know, I'm not responsible for any of these failures. Mm -hmm. um, I just I just think that it would have been very fun to have you just like as soon as you get in, like you, you pull a shotgun out cock it say fuck yeah then throw the shotgun on the ground and get inside the mech uh -huh. and that would have been you know you could have just done like a really fun kind of way to do this mm -hmm. and it would have been great like do this like um you know if you don't want a god hand oh yeah you know, not yeah. Nukem, you know but like make it give it a god hand tone mm -hmm. and uh that would have been great yeah and would it would have matched what you actually do in the game yeah um let's talk about uh multiplayer a little bit yeah uh, like, this I, is... I didn't touch this very much neither did i it's um i mean it's about what you'd expect honestly like from a from a meta kind of structure like yeah it's got you know you, you you play a lot you get xp you unlock a new style of gun um it's got the kind of modes that you'd expect you've got the classes in the form of like loadouts for your titans but also loadouts for your pilot like you can swap out the um uh the invisibility for like a grappling hook and i feel cheated <laughs> that, that, that i didn't have a so grappling yeah, yeah. I, I feel cheated that i didn't have a grappling hook in the main game i understand that that would have broken the geometry like that is purely meant for arena style play when you're fighting against mm -hmm. bigger robots um but yeah like it gives you that kind of customization i just it's not that's not our approach to the to, you know to games for the show right yeah yeah i just i do i can't uh, i don't like playing video games against people kind of period so it's just no matter how good it is. Um, right. It's fun to like sit down in this engine, you know, but I would, I think that when I, when I miss that, I'll just play this game again. Yeah. You know, that's kind of where I'll end up. Yeah. Or bump up the difficulty and try out a couple of levels or go in and play. A, I mean, like I want to play uh, into the abyss just over and over again. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So uh, Respawn began developing the, the, the sequel uh, right away. Wanted to make something kind of more full feature than the original game. 
and bring it to this wider multi-platform audience. But as per, as we mentioned, the marketing did not do a good job of yeah. telling everyone this. They released uh, it like a week after Battlefield 1. And those are both games made by the same publisher. Mm-hmm. And the Twitter account for this game spent a lot of time trashing Battlefield 1. <laughs> yeah. In a way that just feels like weird mixed messaging, uh-huh. you know, stuff like not just like, oh, like, you know, oh, bad, bad form. Yeah, I don't <laughs> you know, I can't support you. It's just confusing. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't it doesn't express what's good about this. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's confusing. Like in the like I, like this and Battlefield one do different things like, you know, it feels like they could have marketed the single player on this a little bit more, but that's just not what you do with this kind of game. Like you need to market it as a primarily multiplayer thing because you want people to hold on to it and buy your DLC and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because this is a large, you know, we, we, we don't get to do this an awful lot. Uh, play, you know, talk about a big publisher recent game in the age of, you know, marketing things to capital G gamers. They partner with Buffalo Wild Wings. Like if you went there and got something with a particular sauce, you would get, you, you would get like a special decal <laughs> for your Titan. Yeah. 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 You get, get, get some wing, wing, wing decal. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you if you uh, bought things from the PepsiCo or uh, Yum Brands uh, category of foods, you would get double XP coupons and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that, that that's a uh, a pretty silly silly thing. Yeah, yeah, we made fun of that a lot when Dark Souls did it. Yep, rightfully yeah. so. Like they they shouldn't have done that. It's dumb. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, and then and, uh, and it probably did not affect things well. For no. the bottom line. Um, so it was expected to sell 9 or 10 million units. Uh, it didn't do that. It's still a very well-loved game. Right. Um, you know, won some awards. And again, there was tons of talk about it, especially 2016 was the year of great levels, you know, and, and I was on Twitter talking about uh, the Clockwork Mansion and uh, A Stitch in Time in Dishonored 2 a lot. And a lot of people are like, man, you know, Effect Cause, uh, you know, Effect and Cause in, in Titanfall mm-hmm. 2 is, is really up there. Um, this got a lot of credit. Uh, for the things that did well so even though i'm sure that's of of you know little comfort mm-hmm. to the people whose you know were livelihoods were dependent on this bottom line mm-hmm. that this didn't quite meet it is still a really well-loved game and we both still really really like it yeah um this is a perfect game to end mech month on because yeah. it is uh it is a, a, a dessert it's dessert for this month yeah so let's uh let's eat dessert let's uh let's sidle on up to the Texas Cheesecake Suppository <laughs> and uh, and insert it. You oh, know? no. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about the setup uh, because there's a lot of detail from Titanfall 1 that ends up being, you know, like it's... <sighs> Okay, so you are in the frontier, which is part of this resource-rich outer rim of systems or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Evil Empire uh, is the IMC, or this Interstellar Manufacturing Corporation, uh, which is kind of seeking to exploit and oppress uh, the frontier and its people. And they use kind of mercenary bands to uh, act as their enforcers, right? They fucking have manufacturing in the name and the game does nothing with that. It drives me nuts. Like there's no capitalism 
commentary on this, nope. uh, which is, you know, I was expecting. And that's not just me being old commie Gary. Like, I just, even if it was saying it was a pro-capitalism message, like, <laughs> thank goodness these wonderful products from Buffalo Wild Wings helped us win the war. You know, yeah. like, I still have been like, <laughs> thank goodness you chugged them out and do it. It gave me the gun I needed to succeed. You know, like, even if it was that, it would have been at least been, been a message. Right. Um, so the uh, the force that's resisting the IMC is the militia. God, <laughs> stop using your placeholder names. <laughs> uh, a rabble of freedom fighters who are trying to keep the frontier. Again, stop using your placeholder names uh, free. Yep. Um, so that's kind of the setup. You know, it, it opens up with this battle scene and the narrator kind of extolling the virtues of like the pilot. Uh, you know, these are superheroes. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah, every, the, you know, the, the cream of the crop. Yeah. Every, 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 you know, rank and file foot soldier, you know, looks up to the, you know, the pilots and their Titans as, you know, like, that's what I want to be. Um, yes. And our narrator, um, Cooper, is a rifleman, you know, again, uh, fighting on, <laughs> fighting in the frontier on this planet of Typhon, trying to kind of uh, wrest the control of it from the IMC. But he's yeah, not but he, he's not satisfied with he's his a little station. boy and he wants to be a big boy, want to be a big boy. Like he he wants to be a big boy and he's a little boy. Yeah, um, but he really wants to grow up to be a big boy. And that's yeah. that's kind of his arc <laughs> is that uh, if, if somebody if enough people die, he gets to be a big boy. Wow. Situation. I'm the big boy now. <laughs> the uh, move over Oedipus mom. I'm the big boy. Now. Um, so we start off with this training uh, sequence here. The pilot's gauntlet. Yes. Um, with a character named Lastimosa, which is real weird with how like bland everyone's names are. Yeah. Um, who's your, who's your mentor mentor. And he's kind of running you through this VR training module for pilots. Uh, this is one of my favorite tutorials in a game. This is very, very good. <laughs> really, really good. <laughs> like really fun. And they give you that timer and they do this in call of duty games as well, but it's mm -hmm. like run the ropes and who gives a shit about that? Like this, this actually felt fun to try to get better times on. Like, there is a game somewhere in just having this movement set and mm -hmm. just doing obstacle courses. Yes. And I would play that as like an indie game. D doing obstacle, obstacle courses and quite frankly, this beautiful, implausible space that yeah. has like this really sophisticated visual language of water and rocks moving counterintuitively to illustrate the way that pilots can navigate this space. Yeah, really, Matt, again, when I talk about how good the tutorializing is for your human <laughs> movement, uh -huh. like, this is really it. Like, you you only have to play the first level to see how good that is. Right. You know, it's very, very good. Um, you get through this, you know, they give you your time. Um, you do shooting, you, know, you do general, like, hey, shoot these targets. Yeah, yeah. Figure out which these weapons you like. It's all pretty boilerplate. Um, the uh, When you get to the end of it, it's like you're in this big, beautiful field. It's like, well, now is the time for you to summon your your Titan. And it's a little boy gets to be a big boy. He's really mm -hmm. excited. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, though, the Simpod goes offline because there's going to be an attack. Yes. Um, Simpod, not Maxis's new game about running a podcast empire. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> or if we're just owning a pod. Oh, yeah. Like of any type, like a, a, a tide pod, a, a you know, a, a little just like a small orb that <laughs> is hollow. Having a controlling stake in the band POD. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Yeah, um, uh, any any number of things you can do with that, I would, yeah. I would be into. Yeah, uh, but uh, the time for play is over because we are ready to make our attack on the planet of Typhon, right? And this yes. takes us. <laughs> Go on. No, I'm, I'm laughing because uh, you have you falling in some kind of pod, and I in my head I was just like, if you like pods, <laughs> you like this game. Yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of pods. <laughs> um, but yeah, we cut to the uh, cut to the title sequence and get into. Our first kind of main chapter here, BT-7424. 
the part of the reason why I thought this might be a little bit more artful in its uh, storytelling is because a lot of this title sequence is very artful. Uh-huh. Like you fall and then you create the the F in Titanfall, mm-hmm. you know, as, as the, the, the vapor trail of you falling in the thing. And it's very like, again, artful. Mm-hmm. Like it is very uh, suitable in scale and, and feels impactful. Yeah. Um, so we, this starts our first level, our first real level, BT7424, named after our, our big dog buddy. um where we crash and things have immediately gone to shit uh here like things are going bad for the for the the militia not the Mm. resistance i'm sorry (laughs) the the militia yeah like you know (laughs) you don't really get a chance to fight before you just kind of like end up in a crashed mangled wreck and when last Mm -hmm. mimosa comes and pulls your body from the um you know he he pulls you out says hey um he drugs you to disguise you as a corpse because he understands like there's like only one of us is going to get out alive. If you're down, they're not going to kill you. And this is, this is a real weird thing for him to, to sacrifice himself for you. Right. Uh, a little bit like this doesn't feel this, you know, he already knows you're the chosen one. Right. What this feels like. Um, so some Titans show up and you have to just watch him die. Um, you know, okay. Like I don't, I don't care about him very much, but it's it's meant to be a little bit emotional. And mm-hmm. um, the person who killed him is somebody, named, this guy named Kane from Beast Unit. <laughs> um, you know, because again, these are Captain Planet bad guys. Right. Uh, they all they all come. They all have like uh, Bond villain, super villain accents. Mm-hmm. You know, like just very very thick, like some flavor of Eastern European. Yeah. You know, so coded as foreign and therefore bad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kane himself, like he's infamous for being a like he trades in narcotics on the side, and he's just a yeah. like a cranked up dope fiend or whatever, right? Yeah. Again, they should have been like the Seven Assassins. They should have really leaned into this. But <laughs> um, yeah, he's so the you know the the array of of weirdos you fight. Uh, he's the first one, and just yes. kind of giving you your villain. You wake up. Um, you're being dragged by these these weird uh, animals. Like we didn't talk about those when we were talking about the basic gameplay, but there are a couple of bits of of fauna. Mm-hmm. that you intersect with i guess this is there's more of this in the first one uh, i read somewhere yeah um but the uh so you, you're being dragged by these kind of strange lizard dogs and uh lastimosa's titan actually saves you right um and with his dying breath lastimosa transfers authorization to you and asks you to take care of his titan right um so you make a little carn for him and you know yeah you know and the the the, the torch has been passed however before it can be passed uh bt says i require batteries um yes. <laughs> and uh yeah the, the, this ends up being your first real uh kind of level navigating and shooting on your own without somebody kind of guiding you uh you don't have your uh pilot link yet that comes later on once you get bt online so like you don't have um your wall run or your double jump yeah you pick up these things gradually right uh, and this is i think this is actually really good because it builds anticipation mm-hmm forgetting them like you you know it says you know double jump uh recharging 20 percent. <laughs> you know it's like oh man I, I know i want that double jump and it's very clever because they give it to you in the tutorial right like i just did that oh it was fun <laughs> uh, i would like to continue to do it yeah you know and like as you're so. going as you're going around without them you are kind of identifying the opportunities for where yes. you could use that right yeah and it's it's a great kind of rise and fall as you are kind of like scraping your way up to where you need to get, you need like four or five different, you need like two or three batteries, um, you know, and as that comes back online, stuff that took you a while to accomplish. Now you just accomplish effortlessly. Yes. You know, you uh, that's you re- that immediate contrast. Really well done. Yeah. Um, and you get, you get a couple of those upgrades. I think you get the, the helmet thing that gives you the overlay mm-hmm. uh, pretty quick. Um, but this first kind of 
uh, section is just introducing you to real basic combat uh, and a little bit of these stealth elements, you know, get the drop on enemies. Stealth in this game is not, we kept, kept saying stealth earlier just to refer to being invisible for a second, but it's not really used for stealth. No. Um, it's not very much of a stealth game, but it is useful to ambush yeah. with this invisibility. It's it's stealth like a, a in a little bit of like um, a Far Cry sense, but to a lesser degree. Like you are mm-hmm. just trying to get your initial advantage, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, but like most of the space is natural. You know, you're learning to read once you get the ability to do all runs, you know, like understand like this is this is the way the game communicates with a, you know, a sheer rock surface that, yeah, you're going to run along this. Yeah. Um, and that is, uh, getting the feel for that, like how long you can actually run before you start falling. Like all of the, those, that feedback is really good mm-hmm. when you start kind of dipping down towards the end of your run. Like it, it you get a real instinctual sense mm-hmm. for when you need to jump yeah. off of that and when you need to, to kind of ditch and you can make really, really long jumps, <laughs> uh, which is part of why this is so fun. Yeah. Like there's a lot of like looking across a chasm being like, yeah, I can get to that. <laughs> You know, and they play with that in really interesting ways. You know, now, you know, early on in classic video game fashion, if you fall, it's not that big a deal. Like they'll be uh, early on there, you know, there's a safety net Mm -hmm. essentially. And eventually, you know, near the end of the game, you're doing this on a gigantic, complicated platform full of panels, Mm -hmm. you know, that's floating in space. Yeah. Uh, literal space at at the at the very at the very end, you are floating in literal space. You're running along huge chunks of debris that are blown up, you know, from the, the planet cracking apart. Yeah. And there's there's such a gradual line mm. from this very first part where it's just a rock wall that looks relatively natural mm-hmm. uh, with a safety net to that, mm-hmm. you know, that surreal spacescape. Yeah. So all that gets laid down here. Very, very good. Yeah. Um, eventually, your double jump activates the very satisfying double jump. <laughs> uh, and you're essentially making your way to this crash ship uh, that has the battery in it, the Titan battery. Yeah. Um, you make your way through. And while this is happening, you're getting a little bit more story stuff. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, kind of uh transmissions from the the militia leader you're getting inside the uh inside the ship yes you're not hearing Uh, from the uh from the mercenaries just yet but you are hearing uh kind of like how the battle is going elsewhere yeah the hearing from the mercenaries is another upgrade right you get an upgrade that lets you uh listen on the radio stuff yeah Yeah. uh but you climb into this uh crash ship bt awakes you find this third battery to get him uh going fully um and when you get to the, the to the other part of the ship, you find out okay, most of the escape pods have deployed, so all is not lost. Yeah, there is still hope. Um, you get back to BT. He's being surrounded by some guys in a scene that reminds me so much of like when punks are messing with Batmo- Batman's car, <laughs> yeah. and you come back to the Batmobile. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like that. Like all these people are like spray painting BT sucks or whatever, you know. Uh, uh, manufacturing rules um, on, the, on the side of BT and, and you have to you know show up and scare them off. But then when you uh, BT is powering up, uh, there's an ambush and this kind of combat tutorial mm-hmm. um, as his systems come back online, enemies that those systems would be good against slowly fade into view and you yeah. have to take them out. Yeah. Um, and you're kind of introduced to the combat capabilities one by one. Like you said, this expedition loadout ends up, you know, like I ended up just relying on this because it's very well-rounded. It's very mm-hmm. satisfying to like put up the energy shield and collect the projectiles as they're coming at you and then throw them back. I love that yeah. move so much. He has, yeah, he has a telekinesis move. He has homing missiles uh, is his big uh, – that's not his, his final attack, but he has homing missiles he can do. 
Yeah. Um, that slowly, you know, you get more of them the longer you wait. Yeah. Um, and then just a regular kind of gun. Yeah. I love painting a target and then watching the target, you know, go down mm-hmm. over time. <laughs> the the final move, the ultimate move for this thing is the uh, where you dump all of your ammo. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should mention that uh, in in the Titan, you have unlimited ammo. Yeah. So it doesn't go away, which is like, I'm glad they didn't make you collect ammo, <laughs> you know, quite a bit. Like, I think that would have ruin some of the feelings of empowerment that come with the Titan. Yeah. Um, now that you're in your buddy, um, you have all of your abilities and we move on to level two blood and rust. <laughs> yeah. So you need to reunite with captain Anderson, 60 kilometers away. Uh, BT is always talking clicks, about the cool. mission clicks, 60 clicks you. away. You're uh, going to use that. If you're going to use the lingo, you like, got to go the, whole use the fucking lingo, man. You know, yeah. just, uh, thank you. The thank whole you. H call. <laughs> like if you're going to use the goddamn lingo, <laughs> I don't know how com- committed you are, Cole. How C you are. Come on, come on dude. <laughs> Time is military, is, is bullets. Let's, yeah. let's go. <laughs> Time is bullets. <laughs> That's the level design, the, the level that we're going to get to that blew everything away. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> i lost my place by laughing <laughs> it's just the, it's in the notes it's the first line yeah yeah no so you're six, about six, 60 clicks away and you're fighting along a highway system mostly against enemy titans like this is not terribly involved it is just like okay fuck yeah you're a pilot now let's do this yeah it the idea is that this is uh your bt version of the level you just went through yeah like you you did you know this is what the template of your human levels. Here's the template of your BT levels. Yeah. Kind of going down vaguely corridor shaped things. There's, there can't be a lot of drop offs. There's not room for platforming. Um, you know, fighting Titans. Yeah. Uh, you find your first loadout here. Um, the tone loadout, uh, mm-hmm. not to be confused with the tone loke loadout. Um, <laughs> uh, fun- funky cold M is the logo <laughs> yeah. that they use for that. Yeah. Um, this gives you kind of this auto firing explosive weapon. It's like a, like an explosive cannon, which is pretty cool. Um, and also like tracking rockets and you get some, mm-hmm. you know, just a dialogue with BT like, Oh, what is love? <laughs> then yeah. I am 50% in love. I, whatever. Yeah. That I, anytime a robot asks what is love or what this thing called love is mm-hmm. or, or what have you, that kind of drives me a little bit crazy. Show me what it is. You humans call a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me a kiss on what do you humans call a hip, you know, <laughs> just like, okay, big buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, really, really silly. Yeah. You know, the, this, uh, this bringing this up really early, but you know, it's almost got to, because if it's going to do, uh, iron giant stuff. Yep. But he loves having this, uh, having, having these weapons. And for as, you know, genial as BT tends to be, he is a murder machine. Like that. This is, you know, and he, he is unrepentant. Yes. Yeah. Which, yeah, of course he is. Yeah. He's a machine. Yeah. Um, this quickly gives way to um, like a factory, like power generation, water treatment kind of plant. Like you spend a lot of this game um, with the exception of, you know, a couple of the, uh, you know, unique settings, you know, just in industrial and in, in, in industrial box. Yeah. Yeah. Sh- shooter boxes. Yeah. You know, uh yeah, and it's not a great environment. Like you later, you'll get a little bit. They'll be a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. But the, this uh, water treatment plant was a bold move to put this so early on. Yeah, yeah, because um, it's essentially a sewer level. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, what's another word for water treatment? Yes, yeah, sewer. Yeah. Um, so you kind of fight your way through this. Um, 
and this is you know the first area where you're not just fighting exclusively against titan against titans so you can get out if you want to mm-hmm. eventually you're forced to yeah uh um, just yes. because because you know like the like the there, there's a closed gate or whatever it is uh the entire like the, you know it shows you how bad the pollution is from this power plant like oh like all this water will just kill you nearly instantly if you walk in it yeah but BT is fine, of course. Um, you do a little on foot segment. Um, and this kind of introduces a little bit of a rhythm of this game, which is like, you know, your your little guy coming and opening up a gate for your big guy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a little bit of, of that. I When this happened, the first thing I thought of is uh, you couldn't really do it. It wouldn't be the same game. But I think that there, uh, if they just wanted to add, you know, tons more money into this thing that was a financial failure, mm-hmm. I think a co-op campaign where one of you is BT and one of you is Guy Shooty Corngood Oh, God. I think that would have been great. <laughs> How fun would that be? Like an asymmetrical co-op campaign. You, you, it'd be a little bit hard when you melded, you know, but I feel like you could do like, I work the pedals, you work the, the mm-hmm. guns thing kind of yeah. thing. Uh, and, and just be really fun to like have that co-op construct of like, I'm going to open this gate for you and help you out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to blast this wall for you and help you out. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, it would be very difficult to do this. I wonder how, how successfully you could make it so that both both of you would have interesting things to do at any given time. Yeah. Right? I I would be <laughs> it's a little bit like a, like the multiplayer mode in um in Splinter Cell, like way back mm. when, like Pandora Tomorrow or whatever, like it was Mer- Mercs versus Spies. Mercs, you were playing like a like a bad Rainbow Six game. As spies, mm-hmm. you were doing all kinds of crazy cool gadget stuff, and nobody ever wanted to play as the Mercs. I would not want to play as the robot in that. That's the thing with asymmetrical multiplayer. Like you, you just have to, you know, make it work. Yeah. You know, and that, that, that's tricky. And that's always the case with, you know, none of those are balanced. Right. Right. You know, like it, like a fear three, like it is more fun to play as the, the demon ghost. I'm going to be the ghost. Yeah. Yeah. I get to be the ghost that possesses people. You have to be, you know, another guy, whitey shoot good. (laughs) Right. Um, the, uh, so you, you know, you're, you're doing this on short, uh, short on foot segment, Mm -hmm. um, to open up this gate him to get through and uh this introduces these enemies called ticks yeah. uh who bum me out kind of good but yeah. while i don't really like these guys these are like spider bots that will run up to run up right by you and then start exploding uh and looking up information on this game i went on to uh the trivia page on tv tropes um mm-hmm. and for some reason they felt <laughs> they, they felt uh inappropriate pure say. Fuel. yeah pure nightmare fuel but also that uh the fan nickname for these things is spicy boys very cute yeah like uh like uh, uh fire ants yeah um but the idea is like these things are going to come up they like it is just a section where you have to keep on moving i think i think the thing that bums me out about them is i uh never got a really good idea of their blast radius mm-hmm. like oftentimes i would shoot them uh to keep them away from me and they would i would be just within their blast radius and it would just do devastating damage or kill me right yeah. um yeah so i didn't end up liking these guys that much it's slightly more clever than just throwing a grenade at you yes but yeah um, just because these can track you into spaces where there are not dudes. This is also the yeah. area where, like, there's a curtain of water between you and BT. Like, he can't help you out. Mm-hmm. Um, and by using the control room, you uh, drop that, and then he's able to provide you, like, covering and suppressing fire. Yeah, he busts in and, and tips the tides, yes. which is very cool. Um, you run into Kane here. Um, ooh, I hate that Kane. <laughs> uh, this, this mercenary and narcotics dealer and user. Um, he gets this little intro that, again, seems like you know a god hand thing like it seems fun yep uh you know and which, think, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and in my head I'm like oh kane is my nemesis in this i'm gonna keep on going on i didn't realize it was gonna be like a mercenary of the week kind of thing yeah he's literally the first boss right yeah. 
Um, and the boss fights in this game, I don't think are particularly interesting because they're all Titan fights. Right. Um, and they all end up kind of being DPS races. Right. Did you, did you have that experience? I, I was trying to think back on the boss. I was looking at the bosses to review and I was like, what tactic did I use for this person? Mm-hmm. I, you know, sometimes they had more ads, you know, right. they would, they would summon more minions, but really I just shot them until they died. And that was how I did all of them. There's one boss fight. Um, that has like a unique setting later like when you fight viper when you're on top of the plane yeah um, that is appreciably different than the others and viper can fly yeah yeah so like that that's a that's a big difference but other than that for the most part it's just two gigantic robots doing rock and sock and robots but Mm -hmm. with guns yeah so it it kind of you know that these bosses that have you know a modicum of personality and stuff don't end up being actually that fun to fight no because they're all titan bosses i would have loved to have some bosses you had to fight as as Cooper shoot, but boy. Yeah. Like yeah. I would, I would have loved to have had like a chase fight, you know, that's where, cool. Yeah. Trying to keep up with them and, you know, just, uh, they're you know, just firing back behind them or trying to like sabotage you or whatever. We talked about the, the kind of marriage of how, um, when you're the human, um, when you're the pilot, you're all about mobility and getting these small spaces. When you're the, the Titan, you're all about uh, kind of slow movement, but you know, power, mm-hmm. those two things would work really well against each other. You know, like having to be like, not even just like a chase, but like I'm in an arena with tons of hidey holes and cover that you can't get into and things like that. And having to utilize your small mobility against an overwhelming yeah. threat. That would have been very cool. Yeah. Again, I know none of this stuff would be easy. I just think it would have been the boss fights in this game ended up being a pretty big disappointment to me. Yeah, it would. Is, I mean, my point. with as much variety as you end up getting in the like in the settings, it would have been nice if they would have mixed and matched it a little bit where it wasn't um kind of a straight one-on-one not one-on-one but you know one-to-one kind of conflict every time yeah something that that is my equal but i'm the thing that i am is not actually that interesting right so my equal is not actually that interesting right yeah yeah so kane goes down um you pull the radio (laughs) out of his helmet off of his corpse um and you find out that no kane is not alone you know he's not just writing this entire thing there are other mercenaries and you can listen in on their transmissions to figure out what their movements are. Yes. Just a way for you to get uh, story from their side, from their perspective. Mm-hmm. Which is always like a, when video games, I always think that's pretty clever. Yeah. Like it's a good thing for video games too, to give you a little bit more running dialogue and give you something to listen to. So he, he's the first of, you know, Foxhound, <laughs> uh, you know, foe hound uh, <laughs> that you have to fight in this of your, your theme mercenary gang. And there'll be more. This starts the next level into the abyss. This is my favorite level in the game. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, this, I mean, this, that's not, is, not controversial. Like this is what this game should be known for. Well, this is. I mean, effect cause is the one that more people talk about. I think this is better too. Yeah. But that's not a universal opinion. Um, most, I think, most people talk about the time travel level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is by far the coolest one, and it is also the one that most faints towards something interesting. <laughs> because the idea again of having your villain villainous plot be making shitty prefabricated houses like <laughs> how do you not comment on like how is there yeah. no commentary in this the yeah. um or how, you know, how could it not be that like oh you destroyed this you destroyed this and like all of a sudden there are no more habitats for humanity yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Or, or even just like mcmansions yeah you know because that, that's what what these kind of are like this doesn't have to be good for humanity right. and have your destruction of it be that bad it could just be like hey the real one of the real evils you're fighting here is this monotony you mm-hmm. know of of, of commercialism and it doesn't yeah. happen 
Um, so we have to travel through this underground cave system uh, to get to Captain Anderson. That's the person we're still trying to get to. I forgive you for forgetting what we're actually trying to do because I forgot all the time. Um, and we find a new loadout. Uh, this is the one I use a lot. This is Scorch. Scorch. Remember Scorch, um, the character we, we invented? Yeah, the American Gladiator slash uh, all-purpose criminal. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the bad seed. Yeah, yeah, the, ba- yeah, the baddest of the bad seed, Scorch. Um, and Scorch is a fire-based uh, Titan, mm-hmm. um, you have a lot of short range weapons and your long range thing is a, a projectile instead of a hit scan mm-hmm. thing. It's this wave of flames, but the cool uh, thing is it hits everything between mm-hmm. you and it. So you can actually catch large swaths and it lingers for a while. Um, yeah. And since a lot of the mech combat is kind of circling around each other, like you just bisect the arena with a wall of pain. Yes. Yep. Um, and the, uh, yeah, this is, this is pretty fun. The uh, shield is not as good. So there's some trade-offs. Yeah where the shield melts bullets instead of firing them back. So of course it's not as good, um, but I think it's fun. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we were introduced to a couple more characters. Blisk kind of seems to be the one who is uh, running the joint. Um, and he warns Ash, the one who's most nearby that I'm headed her way. Yes. And she's like, yeah, I'll take him." cracks her knuckles and says, ha ha, bring it on. Uh, Ash, she... Ash is some kind of robot. What? Um, Yes. She's like a cyborg like if, or something? She's a cyborg of some kind. These were introduced, I think, in the first one. They're part of the lore, but this game doesn't yeah. explain it very much. I saw Blisk mentioned in Titanfall 1, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember what Ash is, but Ash is some kind of cyborg in these things. And there's, there, it's, it's, it's extremely lore-y. Like, mm. it's like, you know, these, if they're like false bodies, when they don't get a person uploaded into them, they develop their own personality or something along those lines. That's a cool idea. Like along it. that flavor. I don't know if it's exactly that, but yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So apologies if you're banging on your steering wheel because we're missing. If you're, if you're an Ash super fan. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. just, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a, there, there's a core of a cool idea that fans towards something yeah. that could be cooler, but you know. Yeah. Well, there's just, there's not very much text for Titanfall. Yeah. Even the first, the first one didn't even, it barely had a single player element right. at all, you know? So without single player stuff, there's not tons of world building and lore mm-hmm. to be had. So uh, you end up battling some Titans kind of in this lumber yard kind of area. Like you see all this, uh, you know, planks and stuff uh, laid out. And again, the pacing on this is really weird. You also find another loadout. You get the brute. Yeah, almost right away. Yeah. yeah I like that you're finding lumber because we, we follow the entire life cycle of a McMansion. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, uh, um, it, it, like it, it seriously is from components up to the finished product to destroying the finished product. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's really great. Yeah. Um, I never, I didn't like brute very much. The, uh, I feel like the game was always trying to uh, sell me on uh, hovering or flying. Yeah, it's a real ubiquitous kind of um, uh, just kind of ultimate power. Like, oh, you're going to be able to, uh, you know, fly around and rain down death from above. It, enemies aim up, though. What's that? Like, it, 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 enemies aim up. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it doesn't it doesn't actually change things that much being up on the Z-axis like that. Like, it might take them a second to refine you. But when I did use these ones that allow you to fly, not so much the Brute, but a later one that does. Yeah. Um, Enemies just aim up and shoot you still. Yeah, you're just kind of hovering there. There's no, uh, you're not moving very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I will always like a rocket launcher in a game. So I ended up using the brute quite a bit just because, you know, play, play the soldier in Team Fortress, et cetera. Like that kind of area of effect, um, you know, slow move projectile will always mm-hmm. work for me. That's just the way my brain works. Yeah, it's fun to lead shots. Yeah. Yep. So BT says, okay, go activate this cargo lift. We're going to take a shortcut because he's Uh-oh. calculated this. <laughs> sounds like a beginning of a running joke to me. <laughs> yeah. BT and his shortcuts. I can't yeah. wait to look back on that with something uh, not quite, but resembles an emotion. 
you know? (laughs) So this loading arm comes around, grabs him. um, And instead of, you know, staying there long enough for me to climb in and have it carry me directly to our destination. No, it is. He is quickly routed onto a different kind of track and we're unable to get to him. So we have to follow him through this entire factory. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is hard to describe because if I just say like, oh, this is a place where they are assembling prefab houses, that doesn't quite sell the weird how it's made maximized how it's made but maximized process of like okay here's the foundation and then it passes through something that puts down like astroturf on it like Mm -hmm. it is every single process and you are running along this is a uh, protracted on foot section and jumping from piece to piece or running along these walls or like when you get to parts where like, oh, the houses are partly finished. Well, you are on these moving platforms having first person shooter fights on these massive things, hoping that you are able to get out, take care of this stuff and get off of it before it passes through an instant death area. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot of times these, um, you know, even further, like a lot of times these homes are uh, 90 degrees turned. Yes. Is the way they're put together. Like they're put together. It's something that we're not used to seeing put together in like a factory sense like right. this, you know, so it, it's very, there's a lot of surreality value to seeing a house turn, you know, some like Dr. Strange or Inception shit, like having <laughs> a house turned on its side, someone place a second floor onto it. Then it's flipped over upside down for someone to put a chimney and then flipped over 180 degrees mm-hmm. for them to insert little mannequins of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's like playing inside a level of, uh, Infinifactory. Yeah. You know, like it, it's, uh, it's really good. <laughs> like it is extremely fun and culminates in this amazing, uh, climb through a sideways like neighborhood uh-huh. <laughs> that is just incredible. Like this really kind of difficult platforming challenge of a neighborhood and the, uh, the bosses, you know, Ash, the, uh, you know, the, the foe hound member is going to actually like taunt you about this, you know, cause you're in a tough situation, right? Like it feels very, very precarious mm-hmm. being in all these floating houses and cars and stuff, this fake neighborhood that's set on its side yeah, like, that you have to use as platforming. No, like none of this is meant for a person to be on it. Like this is yeah. not, this is not a, uh, this should not be a navigable space, but because your abilities you are. So you do have that tension of the surreality and knowing that you could fall to your death at any moment. Yeah, it is. It is masterful. Like it is. Yeah, I think I also think it's the best level in this game. Yeah. Um, and is just uh, so incredibly fun and good. And within it, you're doing a really wide variety of shooter shit. Yeah. Um, they'll be they somehow pull off like large sections of just kind of on foot, you know, shooting with cover. But then you will have uh, enemies on a, you know, a platform that the houses go by down the way that you have to snipe from inside a house (laughs) like you're in a house that's moving you're at a window sniping (laughs) at enemies out of it where you have to get out of this house before someone puts on the roof because once they do they're gonna dump it out and you'll (laughs) fall to your death like really good yeah like really 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 good shit and also this is this is introducing like timed elements to the platforming like you have to make sure you start your run at a particular moment so that you will have a safe place to land when you're on the other side of a hazard yeah. Right, like you just have these disparate pieces moving, and just the like it blows open the possibility of the space to understand exactly what you can move on. Everything has been fairly conventional up to this point, almost like maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but like putting that treatment plant right in front of this to say like, all right, we're gonna lull you into into a sense of like like this is what this is going to be, and then blow it wide open. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I'm just having a flashback here to the call of duty episode where we talk about, Oh man, the modern warfare episode where we talk about that first stage where you're inside the ship that's sinking. Mm-hmm. 
that was kind of a like like, like a marvel uh, technologically because it was one of the first real instances where you were moving around in an environment that kind of like tilted or changed. Like mm-hmm. the environment was not just a static piece of geometry, you know, that uh, things just kind of moved around inside. Um, this is that compounded. It is exponentially more co- like complex than that. Um, in that the entire the entire arena, every single thing that you're walking on or touching is, you know, kind of like dis- <laughs> unmoored in space and moving around. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's 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 a fucking yeah. marvel. <laughs> yeah. Masterwork. Yeah. You know, um, very, very extremely good. Yeah. You know, and it also I think that like so comparing this with the uh, the next level, which is the other one that gets all the attention. Mm hmm. The next level suffers so much more from not having that context. Yeah. Here, this feels much more like a wireframe, like level, right? You know, kind of level. And it's like, oh, I'm trying to get my buddy back. Yeah. Through this, like, very interesting space. It does this, you know, for the all the lacking of kind of narrative construct in this game, this level suffers the least for it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a direct goal, you're just trying to get to it. Yeah. Like the, the the space is compelling enough to drive me forward, right? Yes. I don't like it. Just I have I have no care in the world for why I'm running through this factory. I just want to do it because it is a joyous experience. Yeah, it is. It is a theme park. Yeah. You know, uh, super super good. Yeah. Um, you know, and lasts a really good long time too. I think this is the longest level we have so far. Yeah. You know, um, very good. <laughs> so. Uh, we need to like state directly what these things are for and why it's a little bit disappointing. So these are not homes that are being shipped out for people to live in. You know, you mentioned mm-hmm. that they're popping these, uh, you know, mannequins or whatever into it. These, mm-hmm. these homes are being raised up into these kind of domes, these geodesic structures um, where they're meant to just be set dressing for these, AI Titan battle kind of things. Like they're just meant to be like, oh, you're fighting in a prepare for fighting in a neighborhood. We're just going to have you fight in a neighborhood that we have this entire factory, you know, set up to build. Yeah. Which seems like a colossal waste of resources. Yes. Uh, Cause how big is this, this thing that makes this? <laughs> um, do you, uh, cool. Are you ever happy to see our old friend, the combat data? You know, like it's yeah. just as the, the, the Yuna motivate motivator for, <laughs> for video games of like, we have to collect the combat data. Like I'm not always down for collecting data regardless, but like right. the combat data always specifically seems stupid. Yeah, like even, really... you know, I like MGS one, but that's stupid. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a dumb undermotivated thing. Right. Right. I mean, um, one of my favorite games of all time, Resident Evil one, that's all about combat data too. It does have combat data in yeah. it too, but even that, that that's not trying to take itself seriously. Like, you know, RE plots. Right. That, that, that's a little bit, you know, B-movie and I can handle it. This, you know, this bums me out. When we when I got to figure out what it was, like, I love being in a false space. Like, mm-hmm. I love the idea of a fake neighborhood. Yeah. But it just ended up being kind of a bummer, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the actual climax is kind of fine. Um, so you, you end up in this big dome. You have to fight a bunch of titans on foot. And this is this is the closest the game comes to you using your mobility against things that are really tough. Right. Because, you know, a couple, a couple titans come in and you have these houses and stuff for cover and they they're filled with weapon caches for some reason or another. And you, uh, you have to take out these actual, uh, these Titans. I can't remember what they're called, yeah. but they introduce this kind of thing. That's a step between like a Titan you'd fight with, with BT and your normal guys. Right. Um, this is pretty fun. Yep. Jumping from kind of roof to roof. And there are dudes up there as well. They've, they've taken some of your militia members. They're hanging out in this fake neighborhood mm-hmm. and, uh, they're also, you know, you have to help them out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like being at a disadvantage, you know, like the empowerment is fun, but like, 
let me let me feel like I am surmounting something that initially seems impossible. Right. Yeah. Um, you get there, you take out the guys. Um, eventually, Ash shows up um, here. Uh, so her, she has this uh, a Titan. That, so we we ran into. Uh, you find BT as well. Yeah. yeah. Who gets there? Um, the uh, after you uh, do some of the more of the stuff, Ash shows up. Um, she has a close range uh, Titan. That uses mm-hmm. a sword and kind of does dashes and teleports around, which is very very strange. Yeah. Um, but not super particularly hard. No, no. You just have to make sure she doesn't get on top of you. Yeah. Shoot her until she dies. Um, and then, uh, BT in a moment of like showing human, like understanding of the concept of humor, uh, says that he will not take any more shortcuts. Um, and, uh, you can, you can be like, uh, good idea, buddy, or righto friend. And you get that choice. (laughs) You're here. (laughs) You're here. Or I say, uh, my uh, word. (laughs) Like Lord Monocle Buffington drops his, uh. Yeah. His mustache, his pen snatch, pen snatch, pen snatch, pen snatch. The like yeah, the, mor- the, the Morpheus uh, glasses yeah. that rest on your nose. Yeah. Now we are at the other lauded level, the one that gets a lot of attention: effect and cause. Um, I have mm-hmm. a, I have a point that I want to make about this in Dishonor Two after we talk about this level, or maybe during it. Don't let me forget to do it. I will do my best. I'll endeavor not to let you forget. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, BT drops me kind of into this, uh, this abandoned and overgrown part of the factory. And you start having like these flashbacks, like these visions of what this kind of abandoned lab looked like when it was pristine. Right. Yes. Um, and what's happening is there was an energy that destroyed the facility back in, back in the day and has fractured time. Right. So we're traveling back and forth between pre and post kind of cataclysmic destruction of this factory. Um, when we find Captain Anderson, he's dead. He's been t- kind of telefragged into the roof. Right. Um, we see him sticking out of the ceiling of this lobby. Yeah. And what we need to do, we need to get uh, this modular whatever that's on his uh, wrist. But that is somewhere else. The rest of yes. him is elsewhere. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, because of this, you know, and because of the situation, you're promoted to the command of Special Operation 217, mostly because you're the sole survivor. Uh, and it is, yeah. now, it is now up to you to investigate this blast uh, that happened on Typhon because uh, this is of grave interest to the uh, to the militia. Is the militia the resistance? Yes. The militia is the resistance. Okay. Yes. It's a squares and rectangles thing. Yeah. Um. So you kind of navigate through this facility so far, pretty, pretty average and eventually get to Anderson's wrist stabilizer. <laughs> um, so this is the, the, the fun part. Yes. Uh, and this lets you zap between the present and the past. <laughs> um, and when you're in the past, like you're just appearing as this kind of, you know, out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, then which freaks them out. It looks like you're teleporting. Um, yes. Which you, you essentially are. Yeah. Um, very similar to, uh, you know, the, the stitch in time level uh, in Dishonored 2. Um, a little bit different because as opposed to the current time being safety, um, this place is also overrun with those weird lizard dinosaur things. Yes. So the, this is a cool, again, you know, I don't like this as much as the last level, um, but it is very cool. Like it is, uh, you flipping back and forth between threats. Like you can be <laughs> in a pristine science hallway with a bunch of guys putting guns at you and then zap back to a ruined hallway that's in flames <laughs> with two lizards trying to get you and. Sure juggling those two things is pretty fun yeah like and at a moment's notice being able to pick which fight seems most advantageous to you 
um, when you're in the present, when things are ruined, um, you know, like a, hall, a hallway might be blocked. So when you go to the pristine version, you can get past the uh, the blockage. Or like in the uh, the the functional part of the you know the, the functional time, uh, there may be like a fan that's rotating. And when you go to the ruin uh, version of this, that fan might be destroyed or disabled or moving slower. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the uh, that's the primary thing you're doing here. Yes, is uh, going back and forth and getting past wreckages and ruins mm-hmm. and stuff. And you're this felt like this would be a good place for an expedition or exposition dump. Yes. And it kind of is like there are a lot of words here when you go back in the past, like you overhear a lot of kind of overhead speakers and things. It introduces these little like smiley robots <laughs> that pop up um, as a thing. Even if these are peaceful, they die yeah. to me. Like I, I knock them down because, <laughs> uh, you know, who knows if they're going to turn bad. And here they, they do. Uh-huh. Um, and you're kind of getting an idea of the plot here uh, of the game. Like they're right. the, the big bads kind of plan. Yeah. Like they found some kind of artifact or some kind of energy energy source that is going to be able to power something terrible. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I forget exactly when you learn this, but like this thing is called the Ark, uh, caused the explosion. You know, the the one Don't that use caused- your placeholder names. <laughs> the one that caused the explosion uh, was kind of a miniature version of what they're actually researching, um, mm-hmm. and <laughs> what they're actually trying to do is power the weapon that will destroy Harmony, the militia homeworld. <laughs> yes. Don't use your placeholder names. Harmony. Yes. Uh, Stop using your placeholder names for the love of God. (laughs) I must must urge you not to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's what what you're accomplishing here. One thing that I do think is very successful about this, um, not the story part, but mechanically, I want to retreat back to mechanics because I like this. Um, When it eventually has you working up to uh, making time switches mid-wall run or mid-chain jumps. Yeah, that, that's extremely fun. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that—that's that, the the thing here, and it's really cool. Like it, nothing—it doesn't amount to anything in your hands more than a timed button press, right? You know, like while I'm in the air, I have to click the the time switch button mm-hmm. to switch between things, and it's never—they don't zig a lot with it. Like mm-hmm. if you expect a wall to be there, it is there, right? For the most part, like it it ends up being a little contrived, uh, not in a bad way. Like it still ends up being very fun, but like. Yeah. Every other wall is safe as you switch between them. Yeah. You don't have to mix up the rhythm all that often. Yeah. Um, However, uh, it is really, 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 again, very fun. uh Um, My favorite part is falling down that platform where you're going back and forth between like electro, (laughs) you know, electric walls and flame turrets. (laughs) Yep. Because you have to do that pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and it has a rhythm to it. Like you're like actually just hitting a button on a rhythm. Yeah. Like the, you know, your input does not necessarily match what you're doing, mm-hmm. what you're doing. Uh, there's something like games do where like, it doesn't always work. It's a, it's a gamble. But when the thing that's happening on screen seems so much cooler than what you're actually doing with your hands, mm-hmm. it, this part feels like that to me. Yes. Um, I mean, it's, it's not impossible, right? Uh, because the, this entire level is designed around it. However, by all normal laws of physics the way we understand our world and our limitations as humans who exist not just in space but also in a particular time like (laughs) it is of you know it is very satisfying to with a couple of button presses accomplish something that should not be possible right like you you know you you somehow have managed to go down this corridor or fall down this tunnel that should be instant death and come out the other side unscathed yeah yeah very cool yeah um (laughs) 
<laughs> you find uh, the ion loadout on a Titan that's stuck on a, that's stuck inside a wall. Eventually, you reunite with BT somewhere here. Uh, the ion loadout, I never really used this too much. It's just like rapid fire energy weapon. Energy weapons yeah. never felt that satisfying to me. No, no. And there's not. I mean, there may be like damage resistances and such that encourage you to to use those. But if so, the the level of articulation there is not high enough. Right. You know, the level of uh, granularity is not high enough that you have to. You know, it might have been optimal to use this energy weapon for certain enemies, but you're not forced to. Right. So, so I so I didn't because of inertia and menu avoidance. Yes. Um, so let's talk about the the kind of well, yeah, we're not there yet. We're going to get there to the story part mm-hmm. of it, but what this arc is doing when we actually get back um, outside after we we do this, there's a huge battle. Uh, this is where BT is is having this this full scale battle. We're going back and forth. We we pissed off this automated security. Yeah, uh, there, um, and there's there's a bridge which we cross in order to get to the 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 present day, and we get to see the the cataclysm event, the arc firing mm-hmm. um, there, and lo- that locks you in time. Yeah, this so, this again is very cool. You know, you are parkouring along this kind of like mid air mid explosion frozen in time wreckage. To like get as close to the <laughs> get as close to this horrible force of nature so you can scan it and figure out how you can trace it in real time. Yes. You know, back, you know, back in the present. The arc, like so we haven't gotten the big bad hasn't done his speech yet. Does that happen here or is that the next level? I think it's in the next level. Okay. Yeah. The what what the actual villain's motivation here is really disappointing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not really hinted here. Um, and it is also not, um, this time travel stuff that happens here. Cause we're, we're pretty close to the end of here. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I, we find out the IMC wants to use the arc in order to destroy the planet harmony. Right. As you mentioned, it's a weapon. Um, what is the, what is the thing, the point you want to make about this to, to give you that reminding? Because I, the, yeah. the thing that makes the difference for me here is that time travel needs to have an element of irony to it a yeah. little bit. Like. I really wanted to uh, run into myself or have some kind of revelation of information that comes from this. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't happen. Yeah. This isn't the point that I wanted to make, but just like when you walk in and you see the first flashback and somebody just matter of factly says, oh, I guess the energy must have worn down the time. So now you're going back and forth in time. It's like, wait, is that part of the rules? Is that how this, is that how this happens? Um, so the point that I want want to make, um, is a broader comparison between Dishonored 2 and this, Mm -hmm. um, which is how ridiculous is it that that both of these games came out within like, let's say a month of each other. Um, and they have like their two marquee standout levels. Um, in the case of Dishonored 2, it's, you know, the, what the mechanical mansion and then a crack in the slab. And then here effect and cause and into the abyss have roughly similar gimmicks right like mm-hmm. in you know like like in the clockwork mansion um that is a space that can reconfigure and is impressive for this same thing with into the abyss and the houses you know reconfiguring and you're going along as you fly crack in the slab almost the same gimmick um as it is here and mm-hmm. i think that into the abyss is more successful possibly than the clockwork mansion even though i love the clockwork mansion with all my heart um, effect and cause ends up not being as satisfying as um, as uh, as as a crack in the slab because of that reason of what you said that the present day where everything is 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 uh, ruined is not safety right it doesn't it doesn't say anything about about what is going on here 
mechanically aside from, oh, there were people here and now there's not. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no contrast. Yeah. Between the things, there's no, um, there's no downtime. There's no, it affects pacing. Yeah. You know, and I agree with that, even though my bigger issue is the context part. Right, right. Like is, yeah. the, is the, you know, I don't care about any of this. Yeah. It's just, you know, I don't have like, any, they haven't set up short stories. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I've like, really, my point is just to raise that, is to raise that comparison, like just how ridiculously close those map. If I was conspiratorially minded, I would think like there was some like corporate espionage or something, <laughs> but like, it's probably just convergent evolution, right? This is, uh, you know, the prestige and the illusionist, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the, um, to me, the Clockwork Mansion and the, uh, the factory preset level are, they both are messing with space mm -hmm. and surreality of space, but one of them is doing it in a platformer yeah. engine and one of them is doing an exploration based engine. And that's mm -hmm. the difference. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is much closer, uh, as a one-to-one, -one. like there's some parallels there. This is yeah. the one that actually feels like one team. And, and this one, that the difference between being an immersive sim and being a platformer really matters too. Right. Yeah. Like, the, the strengths of effect and cause are when you're platforming. Mm -hmm. Everything else about it, I think, is lame. Yeah. Um, the uh, the strengths of the uh, a crack on the slab are like every part of it. <laughs> you know, if, for what the game it is, like maybe you have more fun platforming. Like it is possibly just more fun to you to jump back and forth between time as you go down a a elevator shaft that is half flames and half bolts. That's fine. You know, like that is fun and, and, and kinesthetically pleasing and stuff. It, that is within the bounding box of being a movement-based platformer as opposed to being an immersive sim where it is about exploring and learning about space and kind of exploring an environment and finding out about character, things like that. Yeah. So judged on their own metrics, I still think Dishonored is better with both levels. Yeah. I still like the Clockwork Mansion more. It is really, really fun to do that prefab level. I like jumping through the air and doing those things. Yeah. I think it is much more interesting to explore a space mm -hmm. that's then, doing that than to move through a space that's doing that. Yeah. I would agree. You know, yeah. like that, that's kind of where I land on it, even though it is they're so incredibly they're, fun. They're, to play they're different itches, right? Yeah. yeah. Super, super different itches. Um, and just one of those itches is an itch that I care about more. Mm -hmm. You know, the metaphor then falls down because you don't desire itches. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, you know, it's, it just, it, it ends up being kind of a bummer because when I got, this was the level that everyone was like, so, so much of my Twitter timeline in 2016 was people going, you know, big eye to mode emoji effect and cause. Holy shit. <laughs> and I just, I going back to the beginning of this podcast, I thought they were talking about a revelation. Yeah. You know, I was expecting a, a game changer moment, like a twist, mm -hmm. you know, either not necessarily even just narrative, but could have like recontextualized gameplay. Yeah. And that's what time travel is for. Like you go back in time and cause the thing, mm -hmm. you know, like that you do it and and that actually has impact. Like that's cool. You know, that's what you want to do with time travel. This takes time travel and there's no, there's no chronological element to this. That's important. This could be traveling through dimensions. This could be you having a button that just changes the environment arbitrarily. Mm -hmm. You know, what if you just had a button that just changed the, the wireframe? Yeah. That's what this feels like. You know, it's still neat to change that wireframe, but it has nothing to do with time. It has nothing to do with space in in a way that is meaningful that ties to anything else right you know if that if that makes sense i don't know if that if that quite follows but like it just ends up not being about time yeah i mean like so it is it is a time travel story where what you actually do as a person with agency doesn't really matter it is just a novel way for them to introduce a new platform platforming mechanic which is incredibly successful 
but just to show you what happened in the past without having somebody just describe it. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and what happened was not actually that interesting, which is always going to be the the big issue here. Right. You know, but even if it was, you know, putting aside that subjective quality, you know, I just, uh, you know, frust- frustrating a little bit, a little bit of mispotential there. Yeah. So, and, and also kind of just a, like an artificially raised expectation, probably. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think that's true. Um, I think that I was expecting expecting a lot more yeah. um, from that, which, you know, not the game's fault. Nope. My fault. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it is a, a good a good thing to kind of reflect on me, my values, like the things that I care about and that I shouldn't project them onto others. Right. You know, when it comes to kind of managing expectations for art. Mm-hmm. You know, not that people are bad for being that impressed with this. Like, I was impressed with it, too. Yeah. You know, I was just expecting a different flavor of impressed. Yeah. You know, um, this kind of is the beginning of the end too. Like we've got oh a couple boy. more levels left, but this is, I feel like this is where the game loses a lot of its luster. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if that follows for you as well. And we're only like, we're a little bit more than halfway through. It's like the 60% point. Mm-hmm. Not that what comes next is bad. Mm-hmm. Like some good things still happen, like, but it's not as interesting from here on out. Yeah. What we get after this is one level that feels very much like filler to me. Mm-hmm. Um, in a game that is already pretty short and then three missions in a row that all kind of constitute this one climactic battle that you're headed toward, right? There's never ending series of climaxes, Yes, you know, <laughs> both, both emotionally and, uh, kind of gameplay wise that right. fall pr- pretty degrees of flat yeah. for me. Um, so we start out with the beacon here. Um, so for, for plotty reasons, we have to find our way to this beacon and send our findings to SRS Commander Sarah Briggs. Yeah. Um, you know, we found out about they're creating, they're using the art, they're using the placeholder weapon mm-hmm. to destroy, they want to destroy the placeholder planet. <laughs> um, and as we approach BT is like, Hey, there's this huge satellite array in the distance. Um, this is kind of a visually striking environment, mm-hmm. you know, this huge satellite in the middle of the ground covered by this toxic fog and our, our boys, uh, at this base holding off this kind of army of robots that come up. Right. So you, again, you save the day cause you're, you're an Uber mensch. Mm-hmm come through and, and take everybody yeah. out and this is like this is where everybody just kind of starts applauding uh as you yeah. as you approach like oh he's a damn fine pilot stuff like that. and he's a, and he's a time lord <laughs> he's a time cop super pilot <laughs> like is there anything that guy whitey short shoot good can't do like, the, um, excuse me excuse me can you can you marry my sister <laughs> well i am ordained the, <laughs> who would you like her to marry you god here i am <laughs> Um, (laughs) uh, down in the, uh, down, down in the earth and peak kind of, uh, gas swamp, you, uh, you find a new loadout, the Ronin, uh, first loadout for a little bit. Uh, this is like your shotgun loadout. Yes. Um, which is, which is fine. Um, I, it, it burns through ammo too quickly for me and too much downtime uh, for it. Yes. And when I was, uh, up close, uh, the general melee attack tended to be pretty good. Yeah. That would suffice uh, for me. You know, so I didn't, uh, you know, it is also has a sword, uh, attack. Yeah. That never, never got too much, uh, mileage out of the swords in this game. No, me either. Yeah. Like mechs with swords tend to be something I'm not, you know, I don't think that is as cool as people who make mech property <laughs> is cool. That's always been the thing that bothered me about, like, that's what killed Pacific Rim for me. Oh yeah. You know, and the, the same thing actually happens in this game, which is really weird, but having the weapon that would solve all of your problems and just waiting till the end to use it for purely for drama reasons and not in story reasons. Uh-huh. 
That's what happens in Pacific Rim. We saved our best plan for last. Why? We, we, no, there, there was a there was a gun in my helmet that could end every single encounter in this game. So they, oh, but you didn't give it to me. Okay, maybe you're not a good friend. No, Optimus BT. Oh, you mean uh, the the Pacific Rim could use a, a a sword that like just kills all the the kaiju. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, oh, okay. But let's just use it at the end because we're a bad movie. Um, so. Uh, but, um, but it's good that charlie day got work i love charlie day yeah. i don't hate that movie i think that's a, a real bummer though yeah um the uh so anywho so we get uh we're there we get that loadout we get a distress call from this facility there this like little base that they're at and they need an arc tool uh to get this beacon back online so we can message our boss yeah. and tell her about uh, the placeholder weapon this is arc with a c not arc with a k yes <laughs> Boy, I wish they wouldn't. <laughs> Boy, Cole, like you caught an edit. I didn't catch that, but like that's an editing mistake that I can't believe made it into this game. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why did you do that? Um, so th- this is this arc tool. I think is not very interesting, and is the the third kind of gimmick, right? That introducing here, and I don't think it's cool. No, they, um, they they could have shuffled this around and put this one first, and then get to the time travel climax. This we're, is we're not a, done. This. Yeah, oh, this is just such a letdown after the time travel, man. Yeah, I, I read something, um, it's US Gamer, there's a website that recently called this the best level in the game. Oh. Uh, and I think really? that is uh, pretty badonkadonk, you know? <laughs> you mean shapely? Like? Well, yeah, pretty, it's, it's, pretty, it's a big, juicy badonkadonk take <laughs> <laughs> that they have. Because um, it was just, and it, it felt like it was maybe that, that wave of contrary and like the prequels are actually good. You know? Right, right. Like the thing you think is that it's the opposite of what you think. Mm-hmm. What if bad things um, are actually good? Yeah, yeah, bad things are actually good and good things are actually bad. Like it's yeah. the internet. Um, yeah, I don't think this level is particularly great. This, yeah. this is the one that you were calling a placeholder or like filler, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like running around the in the facility is fine. Like they mm-hmm. like this is where they take the floor away from you. You know. Yeah, there's a lot of pla- there's a lot of wall platforming. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is cool. Like and it's mm-hmm. a it like I, I I like a crazy technological space you know like this this reminds me of like the the citadel at the end of like half-life half-life 2 or something like that this this felt very just video game corridor to me Uh, i like the actual wireframe of it but the actual the theming of it just felt like i was in a video game space yeah so this so this arc tool arc with a c tool um the gimmick for this is it can kind of turn on or turn off um wayland's or mr burns no, um, elect- <laughs> it's very good at turning on or turning off. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah energy receptor. Yeah, those. yeah, just kind of, kind of like machinery in this uh, in, in this factory. So, like, you get this, and one of the first things that you have to do is like, you know, make a run. I think like along this big surface that has like fans or uh, energy uh, kind of barriers, and you have to like shoot them as you're running so you can pass safely, right? Yeah, and they they do a good. They train you well for this with these like fan sections. Yeah. Where the fan is going, it doesn't. This breaks down my sense of place quite a mm-hmm. bit. Like the first training room with the fans, where there are those barriers. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that for? <laughs> like, you just have a big room where air just gets blown against the wall, but there are also barriers so you can walk around in the room. Yeah. Like, you know, if it's like if they're like for servicing something in the room, there's nothing there to service. Yeah. And they wouldn't turn off the fans for that. Maybe they're cooling or something. Like it, it is just barely plausible. Yeah. Um, but the fans are not very interesting. No. Uh, to be as things and dashing and turning something off like this is a worse version of effect and cause like right me have it's a little bit more mechanically complicated because you're still doing the same thing where you're jumping and doing a button input midair to change world states uh in effect and cause it's a one click of a button changes the entire world state here you have to turn and aim mm-hmm. 
and shoot a thing to change the world state. So it's a little yeah. bit more mechanically interesting. It is what we get is not actually that worthwhile. Right. Like it's not that much more mechanically interesting and it's not cool. Mm-hmm. You know, having this remote, like it's a pretty much, you got a Roku remote <laughs> and you're, 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 bat, you're jumping around, you know, using your Logitech harmony to like turn on and off people's garage doors. Or all those things. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I've got one of those. They're, they're, they're lamer than you would think they would be. I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. The, no. uh, but, I, I got it for three bucks at the thrift store, baby. Um, oh, that's, yeah, that, that's not bad. <laughs> they didn't know what they had. Um, yeah, no, like I had like, I do. You do with this arc gun, arc with a C gun. What I do with my voice in my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you had to like jump around saying command words, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that is, fi- you know, fine. But it's not. It's not exciting, right? Yeah, you know, I find this a hard thing to be excited about. Yeah. Um. So the, and again, the platforming is good. Uh huh. Like you're, you're doing. You're doing good. Good platforming. <laughs> um. You know? Especially like oh, when holy, you go. Holy through- shit! Well, you bought got that for three dollars. Yeah. Like they, they're they're trying to sell that thing for three hundred fifty dollars. It's an older, it's an older model. Like it, like the, like the, like those $350 ones. Um, like those are for like modern TVs that have like our, like they have radio frequency ones. This is, this is an old, like IR IR one. Yeah. There's one of these that's $40. Okay. That's, that's much more. Like I was just like, holy shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. I would have felt, I would have felt bad. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately sell that. Yeah. No, Um, (laughs) this is, this is quite old. Okay. Um, (laughs) just, just making sure. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to look it up and just see like, I was, you said you got it for three dollars. Yeah, that's a good I'm, deal. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you know, I'm, I'm curious about human. bargains. Yeah, yeah, I like bargains. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, the section where you're running through like the CPU cooling tunnels and you have to do it very quickly because it's draining your health. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but again, nothing is quite as cool as it's you know, as the last things we did. Right. The right. last two things we did, like kind of cool, not super cool. Yeah. Um, you get to the satellite, you're not able to make this jump. Um, and you have to have BT throw you and there's all this like little kind of shtick about like, there is a 0.23% chance that you will yeah. be destroyed. But Calculating this angle okay. and this trajectory. This is, this is very blatant setup for something that's going to happen later mm-hmm. a couple times. Yeah. Uh, cause there's no like cutesy joke in this game that they, they do, that they do once. Right. You know, um, he, he, he uh, well, no, this is actually, I skipped ahead a little bit because this is before this, you get out. Uh, mm-hmm. You get you get the thing out and you get out and this is where people start S and your D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know that's worth we're talking about because now everybody's like Gordon Freemaning you, mm-hmm. which is like fine in Half Life because you're you know it's kind of baked into the premise. Yeah, like you like know the, in the in the uh, the time between Half Life One and Half Life Two, you have become legend. Yes, you know you know and whether that's right or wrong, like it's just kind of I accept that with Half Life. Part mm-hmm. of it is that's a product of its time. Yeah. You know, but here, just like everybody cheering for you for doing this thing, it's like, yes, you are a superhuman, but at the same time, the narrative is still supposed to be about you, like being out of, out of your depth. Right. So BT throws you over to this other structure. This one we saw. Mm-hmm. Like uh, this feels cool. Like, you know, it does feel like a leap of faith almost. And especially because he doesn't throw you onto like a secure platform. Like he throws you and you have just enough reach to start like to magnet, magnet onto a wall run to get to the, yeah. get to the first tower you need to get to. Yeah. You have to round up the last 5% or whatever. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. Um, you get up there, you're running around these kind of scaffolds and bits of satellite and stuff. This is like the super precarious platforming uh yeah. some of the walls move you have to move some of the walls with cranes mm-hmm. uh, to create lines like this is pretty cool again in wireframe right you know this, this is very neat um we overhear the imc leader sloan 
uh, tell Blisk that uh, Motor City Madmen are <laughs> be awesome. Money City Maniacs. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, <laughs> he's talking about Ted Nugent. I think, yeah. I, I think it was the Ted Nugent nickname on accident. I meant Money City Maniacs. <laughs> yeah, um, but tells up uh, Blisk that uh, that we we've been listening in. Yeah, yeah, we 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 got a spy, and then they start addressing you directly, right, yeah. knowing that you're listening in. Yeah. Um, so you get up to the, you know, to the beacon, you know, you have to boost the signal, you place the module into the beacon dish, uh, and it tilts to drop you off. And you think, oh, this is certain death, but we've, you know, we, we fired it off. This is the end of the game. I'm going to fall to my, nope, BT catches you and gives you yep. a thumbs up. <laughs> yep. Because, uh, because he's, he's human now. Yeah. Um, here comes Richter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, remember Richter? Who... <laughs> no, <laughs> barely. I mean, this guy shows up, but there needs to be a boss fight, uh-huh. you know? So so Richter Richter pops up and you fight him in the poison gas uh, as an NBT so you can you you know you, you don't get poisoned mm-hmm. um, and he uses a grenade launcher yeah uh, he has a German stereotype yeah um, this is a pretty fun fight I like dashing around and avoiding his grenades and stuff like it's fun yeah. to uh, to like to counter his stuff with rockets yeah, it, yeah it, it, I don't remember what I did other than shoot him until he died like that's <laughs> I remember every Titan fight in this game but maybe there's more to it right. Um, there's a little cutesy Easter like when you kill him, you get like see you at the party is the name of the achievement, which is a see you at the party Richter total recall. Mm, yeah. And I like total recall. Yeah, total recall's good. Um Briggs shows up and Briggs is like, you know, okay, well let's get this amateur off the case, you know, and then your, your robot advocates for you. Yeah. He's like, Oh, he's a good pilot. And then she says, Well, if a robot's saying that, then it must be true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the robot cannot tell a lie. I don't want to uh so the the show that me and Will are doing. Uh-huh. Uh you know how you can destroy a robot by by saying like you know the statement is a lie or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you wish for a genie not to grant you a wish, I think that does the same thing to genies. Like we we stumbled across that, and isn't that? Don't you think that'll be useful in the genie wars, like the Alcadim wars of like twenty forty nine or whatever? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I wish for you not to grant me a wish because if they they don't do it, they're granting you the wish. If they do it, they're you know not granting you the wish. But what if that just like he he has to like escalate that to another like to like to a worse genie as a manager? Like just like oh Apparently. we need to, we need to k- kick this one up, and then all but of a sudden you get a gin. Yeah. You'd ask that that genie though, as long as it, as long as it has the structure of a wish, I feel like you could blow up as many genies as you want. Mm. You know? Okay. Yeah. So it's like she. So anywho, that's that's what made me think of her being like, you know, <laughs> I trust this because it's a robot. Yeah. But you know, it's it's still like your deed should speak for you too. Yes. You know, this is where that dissonance comes from. Yeah. Like, oh, we could really use you. You've you know, you've distinguished yourself. Like, getting a field promotion, you know, is a thing, right? Yeah. Like it happened to you already. You were the commander, but just by default. Yeah. You, know? you just have to. You have to. By the end of this, you will be the president. <laughs> like the. <laughs> Titanfall 3 involves you being the champion of the University yeah. of Field Promotions. Yeah, they, t- they took it in a weird direction. It's basically just Democracy 4. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, oh, man, I would totally run the shit out of Democracy, but Space Empire Edition. That'd be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Briggs is supposed to, like, she's she's a character from the story of the first game. Like, she is the badass commander of the, uh, of the Rebellion. Um, yes. It is meant to have weight when you are fighting alongside her. Yeah, she does not have a lot of personality. No. She's just a badass. Um, so the Ark with a K weapon uh, is at the IMC base right now, right there on Typhon. <laughs> so we have to go take it out. And this enters like the kind of climax of the game. Yes. Starting with the mission Trial by Fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you're in the dropship. 
uh, Briggs is giving this inspirational speech, you know, like, oh, we're going to meet them on the beaches. We're going to hold the line. We're going to hold a line. Um, yep. And this leads to you doing your first actual, like, Titanfall. You know, the, yeah. like the, the name of this is the way they deploy these things by dropping them from orbit um, right into the middle of the, of the firefight, leading to this kind of assault on Normandy style setup. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is a, a big, huge Titan fight. Yeah. Um, and this doesn't work super well for me, like fighting tons of Titans in a row uh, with even with other Titans. Yeah. Um, I think the idea here is you're supposed to, because it t shows you which type of Titan you are uh, fighting. Mm -hmm. And I think that the idea is that you um, look at them and like adjust your tactics. Yeah, like you, but by amassing all of these loadouts, you understand kind of the rock, paper, scissors of this and are yes. adapting on the fly to take out, you know, an increasing complexity of enemies. And that does that didn't work for me. No. Because at a glance, I didn't really understand what these things were. Right. You know, I don't think the game did a great job of setting that up. Right. Um, it tells you, but it doesn't kind of, you know, maybe gives you the lesson once. It doesn't repeat it. It doesn't really hammer it home. Does the, uh, the rock star problem. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't, and you don't really, a lot of times you, again, you just kind of shoot. Like I was just shooting a lot of guys. Mm -hmm. uh, it worked, you know, it like it, it got me through the thing, but it yeah. ended up being kind of a slog. Uh, a yeah. little bit. Yeah, so slog is probably the right word for it just because it doesn't have like the texture of variety. It is mostly like a big corridor that is full of, you know, enemies that you're trying to take out. I do like the North Star the that yeah, North Star loadout. Like sniping <laughs> is fun in a video game. Um mm -hmm. and here where it is mostly about like mid-range sniping where you're still kind of in the fray. Um supporting these uh the you know your your squad mates as they get, you know, peeled off one by one. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah, the idea here, the, the way the North Star works, too, is the longer you uh, are in the scope mode, the more damage you do, mm -hmm. which this is a really good example of the game not giving you a situation for a new loadout. Right. Because, like, to your point, like, it can be fun to snipe when you're kind of in the mid-range, but you're never out of a fray right. in this. So, like, you, they give you the Sniper Titan right at the time when you are storming the beach of Normandy. Like, what if a bunch of snipers got off those ships? <laughs> You know, th that's what this is. Yeah. Um. It, it just it's arbitrary. Like we have we have a two more weapons we have to introduce. So you'll know them for multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, but we can't teach you how to use them. Yeah. Um. Kind of a bummer. Oh shit. I think. Like, I, I, yeah. yeah. Um. So you get through. You break through all these different uh, defensive installations. Um. At the end, the ship carrying the generator gets away. Yeah. Right before. Right before you get there. So you're. It's like we're not done yet. We have to pursue. Uh. This starts the mission of the arc. Yeah. Uh, so that last mission was very short. This is some of this is much more successful, but this is where we get our back to back climaxes of sacrifice and our boy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, at the very end of this, especially. So yeah, yeah. I, I like this level a lot more uh, because, you know, we're back to running around as the human in this. And also it has a really successful gimmick, like jumping from ship to ship and kind yes. of being thrown off of one by an explosion into the other as you are, you know, going over the landscape at speed. Um, mm -hmm. that is, you know, it, it feels more, pre more precarious than it actually is because, you know, again, it's just a wireframe, but like that theming counts for an awful lot. Yeah. It and, looks cool. Yeah, like, it looks and, and cool. It feels cool. Even if what you're doing is functionally identical to what you did in the first level, yeah. really. And to just kind of like watch as the, you know, as these ships, you know, fall <laughs> after you jump mm -hmm. off of them, having sabotage them is, is, is really great. Like you're making a marked difference on this broader battlefield, right? Yeah. As just a dude. Yep. Um, I think this is is better as well. Yeah. I don't think it's the heights of the the game. You know, it doesn't. It's not a, a like a 
a ludic climax right. to this, but it, it's fun. Yeah. Um, so the idea is the uh, the the arc that's going to power this fold weapon um, is on the IMS Draconis. It's at the kind of front of this pack of ships. Uh, and you start out like on you know just with a rocket launcher on the side of the ship, playing a bit part in the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, but a new mercenary comes up and targets you. Viper, you know, flies up. He has this flying Titan and like yanks me and BT off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, this kind of you know, so you're not you're not there yet. You have to make your way back up, kind of going from ship to ship and up ships, mm-hmm. uh, taking out cannons. Uh, for things and they're crawling with bad guys yeah. you know you jump over you take cover you fight like this is very well paced as well yeah uh this level uh, eventually you get up to the bridge of that that ship <laughs> this um, is, you, i laughed out loud when i when this when you pulled out through. your data knife yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean this is this has happened a couple of times like oh you need to yeah. hack something and you pull you like you pull out this knife and then like you you wedge the panel Give off it the hot wire stab. or whatever yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> but for this it's just like you walk up to the controls you wedge something up and then and then like briggs says hack it with your data knife and then you just stab, yeah. <laughs> you stab it into the dashboard and then you're using that as a joystick to steer the ship yeah you use you stab it until it does science <laughs> And then you use your stab. You twist the knife, aka pilot a incredibly complex flight craft. It, it's it's a, it's a literal cartoon gag. It'd be like if I hopped in somebody's car while they were driving. I'm in the passenger side. I pull out my own steering wheel, pop it into the dash, and all of a sudden, I'm the one in works. charge, baby. <laughs> Click. I'm driving. That, that's exact. That is what it's like. Uh, it, it turns any uh, any flight vehicle into one of those driver's ed cars that has the. the the gas yeah. and, and brake on the the passenger side uh-huh. yeah th- this, is, this is extremely dumb <laughs> I, <laughs> why couldn't yeah. there just be a joystick there and you pilot it yeah and because you hacked it and it, like <laughs> this is putting aside the idea of the data knife in general which like th- even those words together like i just i don't know man um but even you know you hacked it uh call it thing. the slicer just call it the yeah. slicer okay or why does it have to be hacked either <laughs> You know, like, why couldn't it just be you got to the controls and now you can fly it? Right. That's what this room is for. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really sad. This is so funny. I think that I think Data Knife uh, first shows up in the uh, in the first game. I think Data yeah. Knife might be a, a series legacy. Yeah. But they're not a good idea. <laughs> and also, it's never been called that before in the entire game. Yeah. <laughs> Get out yeah. your Data Knife. It's not like a Data Excuse Knife. Me? Is, it's not like a Data <laughs> like, Knife is any more ridiculous than something we would see like in Shadowrun or whatever, right? What did you say to me? Yeah, but that's Shadowrun though. Like that's, you know, like a, a Data Knife in in chat like yo get out the data spike or something like that. Yeah, that is yeah. a a jargony universe that yeah. is that's part of the fun of the universe. That's not what this is going for. This is going for epic as all fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and just to have somebody shout out that kind of jargon in the middle of it is super silly. Mm-hmm. Um so you you're uh, you're, you're you're flying around the, to get right behind uh, the lead ship to get behind Draconis. Um, BT kind of pounds his way through this windshield and you think everything's all right. But then Viper comes along and tries to stop you here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is the most interesting of the Titan fights. Yeah, because he can fly. Yes. Like he, uh, you're, you're dealing with a different uh, axis. Um, he shoots homing rockets. And you have to kind of proceed around a long cover until you can get within striking distance of him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we get our, our fun throw joke is going to happen again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like BT's going to throw you out of the deck of the Draconis, but Viper lived and I don't know how, Yeah. but, uh, pick, you know, picks you up to finish you off. Right. Uh, BT takes him out, but his left arm is severed. Right, um, right. In the, in the fiction, I was pretty sure the Vanguard class were like the ultimate Titans, but Viper is beyond, you know, 
is the most powerful Titan in the, the game. Oh, yeah. Weirdly enough, like Viper is indestructible and super, super tough. So mm-hmm. why don't they make the entire the entire plane out of Viper? <laughs> yeah. You know, I just I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I didn't play enough multiplayer to understand if like he that that's a thing. Like if that's something you get to play yeah. around with it, it doesn't seem realistic. It seems like a real set piece kind of thing. Yeah. Um, also, he does a really good job of picking you up while he's trying to kill you and dropping you on the Draconis anyway. He delivers yeah. you right to the front door. <laughs> he does the thing. <laughs> Pretty confused. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you get there, and the big thing is BT lost his arm. This is supposed to be a little bit like mini sad. Yeah, that happens. But yeah. hey, we're 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 about to accomplish what we need to accomplish, right? He opens the yes. hatch to the Ark containment unit, and we get in there. We have a combat hallway until we get to again the gigantic, you know, shield sphere that has this thing inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you go in, you know, you grab it and you throw it into BT's pilot compartment, which should cause him to overheat and die. Um, yeah. But it doesn't. Um, the ship is going down. Cooper gets knocked over. Um, uh, BT won't flee. Like you say, oh, BT, go, you know, run. But no, there's order three. You cannot yes. allow your operator to come to harm. I'm not oh. going to lose another pilot. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so this is sac- first sacrifice, uh, of our, our dog. Right. Uh, it's going to happen again. If you, if you like that. Mm-hmm. wait about 20 minutes um the uh so then the chapter ends with this big explosion uh and we end up in the final level here the fold weapon yeah um which is the why didn't they just call the arc the fold yeah you know that would have been fine too because it becomes a fold weapon mm-hmm. yeah i don't know um so you wake up in the cargo hold with bt's like corpse essentially has been uh, rotted and yeah. blisk is uh talking to an imc commander and trying to get uh saying like hey imc commander give me that arc Blisk is trying to get you to command BT to open up his secret chest. Yes. Um, so th- that whole situation is pretty ludicrous too. Like <laughs> Titans take damage. Yeah. You know, like you you could theoretically open this. Yeah. Like this isn't an ATM, you know. Yeah, good. People people do open ATMs sometimes without getting their heads split open. Right, like, right. You know, apples. <laughs> so Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you knew what I was referencing. Um yeah. But um, BT, you know, he's a trickster, though. He knows how he knows how to make this happen. Right? <laughs> trickster mech. <Yeah. laughs> yep. um, BT is uh, mech for Loki. Um, yeah. No. So, you know, Bliss says, hey, I'm going to, you know, like if, if this isn't going to work, I'll tell you what, um, BT, if you don't open your compartment, I'm going to shoot your pilot in the head. And order yeah. three would make him open the open himself up to, you know, save Cooper from being shot. BT mm-hmm. says, oh, I can't see him. You know, my ocular sensors or whatever are um, damaged. Can you bring him closer? So Blisk, you know, picks you up and holds you up. And then while you're there, BT sends like a message over your HUD. This is cool. I like this. Like when mm-hmm. you're, you know, the thing that normally is like, oh, loading 50% or whatever is him saying, like sending you an I am saying, oh, don't worry, fam. I got this. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> that's pretty cool because, you know, BT has gotten you in a position where he can, you know, basically shoot everybody besides you yeah like this except it doesn't work right and also i felt like he could shoot everybody without doing any of this theater yeah right like if he if his weapons still work like i think it's kind of cool that they changed the medium Mm -hmm. for it but then maybe there's a a tiny detail that i'm forgetting yeah that is the reason why he couldn't just open fire on everybody yeah it's real strange i thought he was going to do something like with the arc Mm-hmm. you know here because he opens up his his chest cavity yeah um and then shoots everybody uh there blisk doesn't get hurt though which yeah. would have been you know target number one yeah um he gets in his titan he takes the arc 
Nook <laughs> destroys BT. So here's sacrifice number two. Right. There's more coming. I guess because if you if we consider the last one with the you know him getting hurt, that's oh. the mini sacrifice. Here's the real mm-hmm. sacrifice. Yeah. Um, but the idea is like, oh, BT's body is destroyed, but he still has his data core. Like all yeah, this his personality um, is contained inside this unit at the top. Um, for some reason, Blisk doesn't kill you. Uh, yeah. So you wake up. <laughs> Why, we have a we have a drug that makes people play dead. Mm-hmm. Like that should have been what the winky thing that they did was because it was established mm-hmm. earlier, and it's the only reason why Blisk wouldn't murder you. Yeah, you he's know. killed tons of soldiers. Mm-hmm. If if you know? if BT said bite down on the bite down on the pill in your molar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I installed a molar while you were sleeping. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> I installed a molar. Like <laughs> yeah. I gave you new teeth, son. <laughs> um, so so he says here. Take the Sierra kit. It's in my head. Um, you're upset side. Here's a smart pistol. I hate this. Like it's it's empowering. <laughs> yeah. It's so dumb uh-huh. because you know I didn't. The game's not really hard. But if you have this, this is the win button. This is supposed to be your gravity gun, supercharged gravity gun moment. Yeah. But you acquire the supercharged gravity gun. Yeah. It wasn't with you the entire time. You know, and just the idea that like you could have this weapon, this game ending weapon that will, I mean, it wouldn't do anything against Titans, but would trivialize every single, you know, 70% of the game easy. Mm-hmm. And it was just with you this whole time. And there was all these kind of fake stakes. Like, you know, I cannot let my, my pilot come to danger. If you'd <laughs> well, give me your fucking head gun, I would never be in danger again. Yeah. <laughs> because the, the smart pistol does is it does, it does automatic headshots. All you have to do is tap, mm-hmm. shoot. And you will automatically readjust the headshots and you just walk into a room, kill everybody Yep. instantly. And it's supposed to feel like this is positioned very intentionally. This is supposed to feel like empowering revenge for your buddy getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's silly because, you know, what if, you know, Blisk had the weapon and he dropped it when he had to get into his Titan? Mm-hmm. Fixed. You know, it just, it, the idea that the Titan had this the whole time is so dumb. Yeah. That's so dumb. Yeah. It makes me so mad. <laughs> This, uh, like, so, like, the smart pistol's a weapon from the first game that people hated because it was really unbalanced in multiplayer. Yeah, because it does automatic headshots. It's, yeah. a, it, it's, it's a hack. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's the kind of thing that, like, like Punk Buster is going to download <laughs> malware onto my computer because I'm using this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Punk Buster. Yeah, we all forgot about Punk Buster. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, the, the effect is you're just kind of, like, running along this gigantic flagship just just rat a tat tat taking yeah, people tappa, tappa, tappa. yeah um the the pretext for this is ridiculous it's the uh it's oh it's it's castaway and the box that had the uh the angel symbol drawn on it had a cell phone in it the entire time yeah you know <laughs> that's it pretty much like if he opened up wilson there's a there's a jet <laughs> you know there's a jet pack there's always money in wilson yeah <laughs> yeah um, so as you're going around, you're carrying your smart pistol win button and you're carrying BT's personality. Uh, you get this message from Briggs and says, Hey, we're going to do our last, last ditch efforts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get a message, you know, uh, so, so you're heading through there. You find this abandoned Titan shell and you stick BT's personality into it. Yeah. And maybe he's back. And this new shell has the, the Legion loadout, which is supposed to be like the, the ultimate one. It felt like, cause where it lands in the story, but I still yeah. didn't use it very often. I mean, there's just still like balanced for multiplayer. Like you can straight yeah. up pull this out and chain guns are fun to use. Like this mm-hmm. has the usual, I mean, it's a bit like the heavy in TF2, the, the other TF2. Um, it, it's like, there's a little bit of modality to it. Like yeah. it is about uh, switching between ranges. Yeah. So there's like a long range mode and a short range mode. And you have to actually actively switch between them, mm-hmm. um, which was more complicated than I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, but 
Yeah, uh, but you got this. I think this is a slightly bigger uh, body than BT's initial one, maybe. Mm. Yeah, um, it's it's getting you a taste of piloting a different kind of uh, Titan, but it's still your your friendly Optimus Prime voice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's this long segment of fighting as you make your way up towards a large cannon, you know, that's going to be powered by the Ark. Um, you know, and Briggs has kind of sent the entire militia to help you with this last push. Yeah. Um, when you get to the weapon, we get our little, uh, what could have been the, the final nail in the coffin if this was about commercialism, mm-hmm. where Blisk is accepting his payment, he takes it and, uh, he sends Sloan on, on you yeah. here. So you have to fight, you have to fight Sloan. Uh, who I think does teleport. Yeah. Uh, Sloan, Sloan's a very, you know, tough, fast fight, but it, you shoot her until she dies. Yes. Um, what also happens here too, like there's a part, I don't see the notes, so, so I might be getting ahead, but there's the part, oh no, yeah, it's coming later. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you fight this last uh, boss fight. Yeah. Here. But like this is, this is times and you know what's happening, like your goal isn't so much to kill her. What you're trying to do is open up the hatch uh, where the, uh, where the arc is. You know, like, yeah. like where this core is, so you can stop the fold weapon from firing and taking out harmony. Yeah, and this is um the you you melt to Sloane's weapons. Yeah, so like this is about cover and stuff. Like it is trying to get to that that thing, and you can't really go toe to toe. I just said, I think I said just now that you shoot her until she dies, but I was thinking of a different boss fight. Mm-hmm. This is the one where you have the large central pillar, and you need to keep it between you and Sloane more or yeah. less. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. You get the arc uh, out of the fold weapon, so it can't destroy harmony. Um, when you open the, this gun, BT system overloads, and uh, you know you think you're going to die. BT is is almost sacrificed again. Blisk shows up and says, "Like, hey, I don't work for free. I wasn't paid to kill you. Mm-hmm. Here, if you ever need a mercenary, hire Apex Predators." Oh, oh no, I, um, I, I think he's trying to recruit you. He gives you the card oh, and yeah. says, "Like, hey, if you want to, if you want to come up to the big leagues, give me a yeah. give me a ring." So the idea that this wasn't the villain, it was all about money, could have played into a theme that doesn't exist. Right, That right. the game hinted around the entire game. Yeah. Um, uh, and also, none of these people are sympathetic or have anything yeah. that could appeal, that, that could even appear to be a, a different motive, right? It's not like he's actually secretly honorable. Right. You know, just because he's not the, the role. We, did, we somehow glossed over it, and I think that says more about the game than us. The main bad guy, the whole reason he's doing this is because uh, there's two humanity needs to struggle. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's one of those like real stock villain yeah yeah uh, kind kind of plots like I'm gonna do something colossally evil, what are the reasons I can do it like oh humanity uh you know humanity will survive even if individuals die they need yeah. the struggle yeah. it's just abstract to the point of like he's not a character he has no personal motivation no it comes through it's trash like the actual main antagonist of this game is one of the worst mm-hmm. uh, things yeah. and it and just that, that's like the general of the IMC right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The 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 main the main guy who hired these mercenaries who we've actually spent a lot more time with, mm-hmm. um, who are also not interesting, but at least like they're motivated by money. Yeah. The other guy is just motivated by evil. Yeah, he's motivated by like nihilistic JRPG villain reasons. Yes, exactly. And that's what it, what it feels like is we have characters who, uh, you know, who are still not very good, but at least slightly more charismatic, who get replaced at the end by somebody who is you know philosophically devoid. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, which happens so. Uh, we almost, BT comes back online. You climb onto the launcher. It's very dramatic. Uh, and he, he does the one last trust me throw. So it's yeah. the third iteration of this joke. <laughs> you, I mean, like um, you, you climb into this launcher thinking that this is going to be, uh, you two sacrificing yourselves together. Yes. Uh, and he decides like, Oh, we're like order three. I can't let you come to harm. He throws you away as he flies into the, you know, the, the core of this thing before it can fire to take yes. it out. Yeah. So if you, if you think that, 
we just did that. You're right. Yeah. Like we just had him sacrifice himself. Order three has been said so often in the last 45 minutes of this game. Like mm-hmm. they'd save all of that for this end to make this kind of touching emotional thing. And they just did not lay tracks for it. Yeah. Um, and for me, I was thinking like, okay, he sacrificed himself. This exists in a far off future where interstellar travel is possible. Why is his entire personality confined mm-hmm. just to a box that is in his head because we already have <laughs> it's data we like but we already had the like whole oh his personality is separate from his body so he can be you know transferred and plugged into different stuff why isn't there a version of him in the cloud that is backed up every minute yeah like it or, is here's <laughs> like, the thing it's cool. a death that doesn't need to happen it's all under it's undercut a thousand times like it's undercut by the fact that it does limp work to set up the emotionality it's also undercut by the fact that there we just left a time travel facility yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, like uh, I mean, like the time travel is like a wild, like out of control energy thing that has caused an anomaly, right? Sure, sure, but like nothing should be treated as permanent. Yeah, in this uh, in this game, mm-hmm. um, it just you know, and your guy just like you, thanks, buddy. You know, it just <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, like it is the emotional core of this game yeah. does not exist. Oh, the data oh, core. <laughs> yeah, it well, is it doesn't just, exist it's anymore. Empty. It was obliterated by that energy. It's unearned. Yeah. It is. Okay, it arc. is very unearned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you I'm know sure. like if somebody's listening to this saying like oh you guys have hearts of stone like why would you really just i i, I cried my eyeball my eyes out like i can't take that from you i just didn't feel it whatsoever it felt yeah it felt telegraphed from a mile away that that's where they were going and just they they, they, they didn't build up the capital you know to make me feel anything when they burned it away well not, not just that right like so even if you think this is a good story I think that I would defy anyone to say it is anything or approaching a new story. Right. Like maybe the first time I saw an exo squad or iron giant, like I, I thought it was very sad, like the boy and his robot and the oh. robot making a sacrifice <clears throat> and everything. But this trucks entirely in cliche. Yeah. Entirely in like, like pre like ironically enough, prefabricated parts, <laughs> like the resistance, the, the mercenary group, like the, all of this, you know, the, the storming the beach, like all of the actual narrative beats you do in this are from a like unity asset store. It's, it's like they bought their story from the unity store <laughs> is what this feels like. It's the straightest of straight shots over and over again. Yeah. Like I keep you know? on, I don't know, like you, you, you keep on hearing the same, like the same noise, like white noise. If you listen to it for long enough, you start picking up frequencies and assembling melodies out of it. Mm-hmm. Like this is just, <laughs> this is just white noise. There is nothing to it. Even if your mind is desperately trying to impose something else on it. And, and uh, say it for the third time in the podcast, like I understand that this whole campaign is a bonus. Right. Like this is meant to be a super fun multiplayer shooter that people go on and don't care about. It's because the other parts are as done as well as they are. Mm-hmm. That makes this so jarring. Yeah, the that... absence of this is what is. That's why that makes this seem, you know, because it does get those comparisons to half-life and in play and stuff like that. It is so good. Yeah that I just want it to be a better holistic product than like, it is. Like this one part of it is so good that it raises the expectations for the other things. Yeah. Just like a rising tide does not lift all boats. <laughs> right. In this case. Yeah. And you know, so this boat has a whole in it. You know, so. and even though this was an accidental success, like they, they didn't plan on this being like the key selling point of this, of this product. And it might not even be, you know, like we really enjoyed it for, you know, reasons that we've discussed here, but like, you reviewed very well too. Like yeah, I can't really, speak for like purchasers, but I can yeah. say that uh, people people loved it. You yeah. know, like it, it reviewed very very well. Yeah, it reviewed very well. Um, and it was an accidental success, and you know, in, in some ways, they still put a ton of resources into it. This is yeah. like this, you know, like everything about this looks like an you know very expensive asset heavy 
labor intensive game that was play tested to hell and back. Yeah. Um, and it seems like, you know, like, like you're, you know, we're talking about the placeholder names. It feels like they, 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 you know, worked out most of the kinks in the play and then left it at like the first or maybe first and a half draft of a story. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's just, it's just, it's just a bummer, you yeah. know, cause it's, it's the, uh, that stuff is important to me and they do relate like the people who are find this intolerable and think that it's stupid for us to even talk about this. Mm-hmm. Like I care more about what I'm doing with my hands. If my head and heart have been touched. Yeah. Like period, you know, it, it just, it affects like they, they bleed into each other yep. and it, it works both ways. Like it will leach out of my hands. Mm-hmm. Some of that joy. <laughs> if I don't give a shit about who I'm controlling or what they're doing. Yeah. If I don't have a good reason to be doing the things that I'm doing or yes. a good reason to care about what comes next, you know, yeah. once, once it feels like the game has said what it is going to say, once, you know, it has run out of the gimmicks, you know, beyond the time travel stage. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, like the, the, the gimmick and the joy is getting less special and i stop being as excited to see the next thing as it starts getting you know more and more prosaic right yep yeah so we're we're not even quite done yet but that's kind of this is the climax of the story everything else is you know as road is what became came before you know um so as you get thrown you do this last little platforming thing going through these falling panels and stuff to get out Mm -hmm. make your escape um you do we get this little epilogue uh where we you know our, our narrator cooper uh, talks about destroying Typhon to save Harmony, um, and he's being inducted into the Marauder Corps, so he gets another <laughs> field promotion. Yeah. He just keeps rising up the ranks, um, and he gets a a new Titan. Uh, his existing neural link with BT is wiped away. Yeah, uh, so BT is actually yeah. dead. But he's got you know he's he's, he's got reservations. You know, like I, I was pretty attached to my first. I'll never love again. <laughs> right. You know, he's 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 that was my that was my buddy. Yeah. You know, and it, it's. There's there's like I feel like there's stories that you can do about this kind of like comrade camaraderie mm-hmm. in the trenches, you know, the like friendships forged by this common goal and common hardship yeah. in war. You know, like uh, like the comic book author Garth Ennis, who is somebody who I loved as a kid and has lost some of his luster because some of his stuff is pretty immature. I still think that like by and large he is you know, there's good stories that he's done. Right. Um but he's lost some of that luster. He's really fascinated with that aspect and he does a lot of stories about war. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are tend to be really good. Like he's very good at selling that camaraderie, right? Like that could be what happened here. And this could be a thing where it's like, I I have to move on, but I'll always remember my first Titan, you know, and that could have been, you know, affecting, um, as it is again, and this is retreading a little bit around what we already said, but just that whole, that reflection that like I have to move on should be a poignant moment and just doesn't No, no, just isn't so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like I have anything more to say about the story. It just, uh, you know, cool things happen during it, but those are the things that you do, not the reason that you do them. Yes. Yeah. A good, a good game that you do. <laughs> um, yeah. um, and so like, don't let the forest get lost for the trees. And with, even though we are complaining about the framing and stuff, like uh, by way of final thoughts, like <laughs> the boss battles aside, which I think are kind of like a universal, if not bummer, then just kind of, uh, you know, a little flat, Yeah, a little flat, like, you know, like me, like mediocrity, like, it's hard to convey how good this feels just with words, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can talk about like, oh, you know, things feel impactful. They feel light. They feel quick. Um, you know, there are any number of unseen decisions that go into making into making something like this work as well as it does. And that is a shortcoming. Um, I'll take this on myself personally, but I will also say like it's a shortcoming of just an audio, sh- an audio show to where you're either going to have to take our word for it. Um, or you're going to have to just like go and play this yourself. And I would say, yeah, do it. 
like because mm-hmm. it's on sale um very very frequently it's available on most systems right and you know? space price is 20 bucks i think right now. right and which that, is that's like, a great price for this campaign oh yeah absolutely you know? like do it um <laughs> and it's not even when you say it's a a, a a downfall of the audio show i don't even know if it's that i think in a video show this would also be hard to express yeah i think you have to feel it yeah you know you have to actually play it um doesn't mean that there's no use in looking at or talking about it. i think there's a lot of use in that but yeah. it um it comes across just so well in the hands i want to play more games in this engine as i said i would play like just the ever-living hell out of a game that was a series of obstacle courses like timed <laughs> obstacle courses in this engine yeah i think that sounds really fun um you know and i will pick this up from time to time to move mm-hmm. you know literally just to move in the space i think that sounds really really fun um there are levels that i would like to uh go through again yeah you know i will i will play again yeah i so. hope that there are canny developers who can look past the fact that this you know this game didn't sell very well or you know didn't perform well on like a you know ongoing multiplayer basis who can harvest this for parts who can mm-hmm. learn from it and carry this forward as some kind of standard for the way yes. first person games should work because you know something we haven't addressed here and just to be cliches of ourselves the idea of a sense of body presence in um in, in a first person game is very very important to me mm-hmm. and this nails that very well even without doing like the mirror's edge trick of like you can see your body parts and get a sense of your orientation right like mm-hmm. you feel like you are a part of this while you're going through and uh and, and performing these impossible maneuvers right mm-hmm yeah, it's uh, and it's great at that. Yeah. So, really, really fun game, perfect game to end our our, our month on. Yeah. Because it, it it is a blast. Yeah. It is a blast to actually play, even if those things those bummers happened. Yeah. This has been a very fun month of the show. I really mm-hmm. would like to. I mean, thank Fitch for his support. This the you know this month was bought and sponsored and chosen um by Mitch Bennis, um you know one of our Patreon backers who kind of came came to us with for answer and said like hey let's talk about mechs um it, like it's been very fun to explore to explore this theme and it mm-hmm. gives me a lot of uh a lot of excitement about the future um you know theme months that patrons are going to pick yeah great great theme because it, it doesn't dictate genre right you know in the way that some themes would um yeah yeah, yeah. um what are we doing next time well, Gary, next time uh we are doing the winner of our um shoot 'em up poll uh, which is Ikaruga. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a uh, treasure game. Uh, it is a vertically scrolling shoot 'em up, um, and it is incredibly difficult. Yeah, <laughs> it is. The, it's so fucking hard. Um, I will. I need to. This is going to be one of those things where I don't. I don't think I'm going to be able to beat this. I think I'm going to have to decide the number of hours. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I beat it on mega easy mode. Yeah, we, we, right. we, we, we both beat it with training wheels. Right? Yeah, you can, you can beat it with training wheels. To do the proper experience, I have to decide how many hours I think is a fair amount to put in right. and see where I get yeah. with that. It's... And I don't, uh, I don't know that's going to be mastery of, you know, of the game. This is, this is demanding more of me than I have in me. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly hard. And, and, save your at about that <laughs> like i know i you know i do not uh you, you know what's not hard fume night i don't i don't want to hear about uh yeah. the fact that uh it is silly for me to think this is incredibly yeah, difficult I, I don't i don't want to hear that this is baby's baby's play compared to like toho or whatever yes um you know neither of us came up in this genre like we're both kind of you know dilettantes 
playing the you know the old especially like arcade versions from like the late 80s early 90s the modern hyper hard you know massacre bullet hell version of this is not something that we have a lot of uh a lot of experience with i'd still am relishing the opportunity to play it and talk about it because mm-hmm. there is interesting stuff about this like absolutely this um specifically ikaruga's gimmick um <laughs> the way it changes the way you have to read a screen is is a fantastic example of this of, of, mm-hmm. of the genre right because it takes it and subverts it yes yeah and it, it's there are a lot of things i do like about it it's beautiful yep you know, it, it, it's a, there's lots of things I'm looking for talking about it. I just need to, again, det- determine how much is the run up that I need to make. Yeah. It's demoralizing. You know, how much a, is, it is, is demoralizing. <laughs> yes. I, I just need to figure out how much run up I want to do. Yeah. Um, that's not all we're doing. No. After that, we're doing Hearts of Stone. Um, the Witcher 3 expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the, not only is it the best Witcher three content, but it's also the most bite size. So mm-hmm. let's say you just can't like our month of trying to convince you to play that game just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Like you just can't get into that. Um, you can start hearts of stone and roll up a character. I think that without that context, it is not as good, mm-hmm. but like it is a great 10 hour bite size. Awesome. 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 Awesome story. Yeah. Um, it, this, this endorsement might ring out like I beat the Witcher, <laughs> the main game of the Witcher three, Really loved it. You know, one of the best games I've played in uh, ever, really. And, mm-hmm. you know, talking about it, people are saying, oh, my gosh, you have to play the you have to play the expansions, play Hearts of Stone. Gary, you know, just uh, be an expansion boy, uh, you know, be in DLC Danny saying, oh, but you got to yeah. wait with all that build up. It still met my, it still met that lofty expectation. It is very good. It, it is in my my inner circle. Yeah. Like it, it it wins the the Gary Butterfield by way of Planescape Torment Award for writing <laughs> for, for that year. Uh, easy, easy, easy. Um, after that, we're doing another thing I'm very excited about, which is Breath of the Wild. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a two part episode with a mm-hmm. patron, a Patreon guest, uh, John Hurst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you may remember him from the Bonfire Side Chat farewell season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't worry, he is pod capable. Uh, he's <laughs> you know, um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting episode because that is a hard game to cover with our approach. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much system stuff. Yeah, to it. Like I almost think that we can do that as one episode of generalities and talking about all the different things and then just second episode we hit dungeons and the story yep like i almost think that'd be a good way to split it up because you know we can't talk about you know seed number six four three no no we can talk about region we can talk about gimmicks and things like that yeah yep um yeah looking forward to that that's gonna be a Mm two-parter uh we're Um, still determining what's gonna go on for april Mm -hmm. but it's it's stuff we're excited about like we have cool things coming up so everything that we've kind of bandied about for this year and everything that has been demanded by uh, patrons that have come up this year are all stuff that I think is pretty cool. Yeah. So all things I'm excited to do. It doesn't mean I'm going to you know necessarily dig every every single thing we do, but I, I'm excited to try it. Yep. Um, uh, e- e- even of doing it uh, might be, you know, a little bit uh, of a hassle. I'm looking at you, Ikariga. Um, having done it will be very <laughs> fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you uh, so the reason why John is able to dictate that and Mitch was able to dictate this month is because he's a patron. Mm-hmm. You go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. You can give us a couple bucks a month. Um, we'd love it if you did. If yeah. you like this show, um, please, you know, consider what it's worth to you. Yeah. You know, it's it's not to guilt anybody. I understand financial situations are different for everyone. But if, uh, you know, we we're really proud of the show. We put a lot of work into it. Yeah. Um, if you dig it, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot from you to make a huge difference for us. 
um, you know, like speaking personally, it is because of your support that I am able to dedicate the time to this, like, and not have a day job, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like then that feels like I'm rubbing it into people, but like, it is genuinely been life-changing over the past several years as people have come out and, um, you know, supported our content. Yeah. And it, it just, it doesn't, you know, a dollar a month yeah. helps a lot. Those, yeah. those, those small pledges are really, really big. Yep. There's stuff you know? all, all up and down the uh, kind of like price range for rewards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the rewards you can get is a shout out on the show. So, yeah, we would like to thank people like David Robinson. Thank you, David Robinson. Really do appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Chris John Francesco. Very John good Francesco. Name. <laughs> uh, hopefully I pronounced that okay. And if not, it was not personal, but we do thank you. Yes. Uh, same with Carl Matson. Thank you, Carl. I, I've always, uh, Carl, people who play in my uh, tabletop campaigns know that is my go-to name um, <laughs> carl's and then it being a position in the world being guard carl's mm. there's guard carl's about and those that is a uh, and then lounging carl ended up being in the book like carl is a, a very special name to me <laughs> yes um mark j higgs thank you also mm-hmm. a good name i should start using my middle initial yeah <laughs> um and also adam askew yeah thank thank you adam yeah um, i really do appreciate it Yeah, Uh, it is also thanks to your support that we can do live shows like the one we are going to be doing in Milwaukee, uh, April 13th, 14th and 15th. We'll be at the Midwest Gaming Classic uh, at a table uh, uh, set up to play the uh, 1994 Donkey Kong game. And we're going to be doing, like we said, a live panel about that, uh, about that best of the Donkey Kong games. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Like I want to see that convention. I want to see how it changes uh, from year to year. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to do the meetup. I want to eat at that shitty outback steakhouse. <laughs> I, I want to like we're, all of the things. It's in a different place, so we can't like we're we're not going to be in the hotel. We're finding outback, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird tradition. Yeah, uh, last last year we were in a my Sega Genesis. Last year we we were at a country inn in Sweets that had uh what was it like they had a an outback steakhouse attached to it and mm-hmm. also like a burger restaurant. It wasn't like a Johnny Rockets, but it was no, it was a Champs. It was a Champs that we ate. Champs was a Champs, and the Champs was not bad. No, that was okay. Okay. Champs, so, the, you know, and the nice thing you go to to Outback Steakhouse and they'll give you a chicken salad for nineteen dollar reduce. You know, <laughs> fifteen dollars ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not so bad. The um, yeah. So what what uh big dumb chain restaurants will we eat at this time when we're in the middle Midwest? Wait and see. Um, <laughs> we also ate at a good taco place. Uh, we had a great downtown. taco place. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. There'll be a meetup and everything. Watch social media, but mm-hmm. we'd love to, to meet you, um, you know, at the convention, uh, and at the meetup, uh, any of those things, if you're anywhere in the Midwest, mm-hmm. um, we'd love to see you. We're, we're nice. If you come up and say hi to us, we're also splitting a table with retronauts. Yep. So, uh, you know, you get some bonus, yeah. uh, you know, you come say hi to us, but then you also get to say hi to Bob Mackey yeah. and Jeremy Parrish. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, you know, we're, we, I love hanging out with those dudes. It's going to be a really good time Yeah. for all involved, including you. Yes. Um, also, a good time is going and rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Uh, when those pop in, that you know, there have been some very nice ones recently. We yes. really appreciate that. Helps people find us. Um, and if you, uh, you know, if you don't have, you're not in the iTunes ecosystem, you can't afford to patronize us. Uh, please tell your friends. Yeah. You know, we uh, we both uh, aren't too proud to admit that we, from time to time, do vanity searches, and we see when people recommend our shows, mm-hmm. and it's meaningful. Yes. So thank you. So thank you for tuning in for Mech Month. Uh, we've got you know, wait, real, real quick too. Sorry about that. This too. No, I no, just uh, to put it up here. Um, real quick, uh, shout out to Doug Leaf who put together a very nice bonfireside chat parting gift. Yes, that was uh, a community us. effort. 
uh, yes. putting that together. Doug was the one who sent it and I think helped organize it. But a lot of people put together a book called Prepare to Goodbye. Yes. Yeah. Um, like a little like, you know, a, a individually bespoke printed book that has fake items uh, <laughs> based on the community. You know, Cast Iron Brick, my uh, Graham, Sarah, Gwilym, you know, Aphelion. Uh, Brandon, like a lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get everybody because a lot of people were in it. Um, yeah. I thanked everybody on Slack, but really, we really do want to thank you. Yes. Um, that's, that's a huge deal. And it was very, one of the nicest things anyone's ever done Yes, uh, for us. So we really do appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, so big, big shout out to Doug mm-hmm. and shout out to everyone who helped out with that. Yeah. Um, so. That feels like it's about it. Yeah. Um, so until next time, till the next shortcut finds you. Who, who, Maybe. who is Harmony Dog? Harmony dog. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. The uh yeah. <laughs> um we'll, we'll, we'll let's use a placeholder sign off and we'll come up with a better one later. Okay. Who is later draft? Who is dog? Who is dog dog? <laughs> who is moment of silence dog that we can then edit in a better name if we get around to it? Yeah. I think moment of silence dog too. <laughs> the most solemn and respectful dog. It's very... <laughs> like what if whenever somebody did a moment of silence on TV, like a dog walked in from off camera that had like a little banner on the side that was just like somebody going, Shh. release you know? the moment of <laughs> silence dog. And with the moment of silence, when he turns around, you see the other side of the banner and it shows like somebody laughing and then it's like, okay, to talk again. <laughs> Let's wheel out moment of silence, dog. That would really upset my moment of silence because I can't not pay attention to a dog when he's moving around. Yeah, and I you make noises. Yeah, like you just like you have to keep asking him if he's a good boy, you know. And he is. He's he's moment of silence, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love moment of silence, dog. Uh, that's one of the things I'm going to miss about being uh, being in the office is uh, people have started bringing in their dogs, and they are yeah, very dog, good dogs. That that's a that's a Portland institution. Yeah, that's something that like, people make fun of. I I love that. Every mm-hmm. once in a while, you go into work and there'd just be like a giant husky there, and it's like nobody works and everyone just cuddles with it all day. <laughs> it's, it's real good. Destroys productivity. <laughs>